to the MBZ Podcast. I'm Will. I'm David. That he is. Um, yeah. So, we're actually back on a regular recording schedule, which is kind of nice. Maybe that's why my old roommate doesn't listen to my podcast, because I call myself David on here. Oh, and he's like, I don't know who this David cat <laughs> yeah. is. All my friends call me Dave, so... Well, I guess I'm MVG Dave on Twitter, so... Did you actually keep it? Yeah. I haven't been using it, though, because it's during fantasy football season, so I use my other Twitter account, and oh. it has all my fantasy football follows. You've got multiple followers on fantasy football Twitter? No, no, no. It's who I'm following. So oh. on my on my MVG podcast, or my MVG Dave one, I follow a bunch of video game sources, and then uh, the other one is oh. fantasy football. I just don't have time to, like, check both. Okay. Gotcha. So you have a secret family. Mm-hmm. And realistically, during... Mm-hmm. <laughs> realistically during football season there's there doesn't seem to be as many video game announcements except for maybe around december ish maybe that's because all of the video game developers are also playing fantasy football so they don't want to. <laughs> maybe or they're trying to hit the release dates for the holidays and so they're stressing out trying to yeah so they've already fun. said all they need to say for the holiday before the holiday season and then after the holiday season isn't that unfortunate? What do you like, mean? Why? That, well, well, I mean that no, that there's developers <laughs> that can't actually enjoy their holiday season because they're trying to make something for us to enjoy during the holiday season. Well, they're usually released by then. Yeah, but when a game, even after a game is released, it still actually has a lot of. That's right. They have all these bugs now. Yep. Like because for some reason they don't QA test. Anymore. Dude, you've seen like the the what WWE game or whatever. <laughs> I was so it was hilarious, like the, which is really sad too. Because I I say it's like hilarious. Is like this is what you're paying for, guys. <laughs> but I feel bad at the same time because I know people like, I know they're putting in a lot of work. That probably even to get that product out, they probably still yeah. are camping out at work to get it out the door. Right. So, well, it's funny because a lot of those are iterative games that are having big problems. Like so, they switch developers. Well, the, right, well yeah. that sucks even more then. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of these games, especially coming from EA or like the the MLB is that, stuff. Is that EA? I, I don't think the so. WWE game is EA. No. I don't really don't know. I believe so. but um, I think they have USC as their fighting games. or um, That's a possibility. But either way, like one of the big things that I've noticed is like, so say for instance, like MLB The Show, right? Mm-hmm. Came out with 2019. And like, I swear, as soon as I even knew that 19 was out, two... Uh, MLB the show 20 is already like hey look at all the features well, yeah, we've got I mean, and it's just like you didn't the one season isn't even done like I mean you know it's coming it's not like it's some big secret or something I know, I know that but I think like a part of me is like why don't we do like like maybe like three or four years in one game and just update it and like during, during the credits of MLB the show 2019 they're like like at the end of the credits, well, no, it's like it's like a like a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. where like it shows like a video of all the features for the next one. Is that like for real? True? No. Oh, no. I was gonna say that would that's garbage. <laughs> oh, so it's by Two K Games. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. actually, I think Two K is part of EA, so I get. I think technically you're right. I, I think like they're a subsidi- right. subsidiary. Yeah, because uh, 2K Games makes uh, the Bioshock games, which is owned mm-hmm. by EA. 
Is that right? No. They're I don't on, know anymore. I'm so confused. They're by, let's see, Take-Two is their founder. Parent organization is Take-Two Interactive. No, that's that's them. Hmm. Yeah, so EA only does MLB The Show, I think, FIFA, and Madden. I thought BioShip, I thought BioWare did Bio... Oh, okay. BioWare is a completely different... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, either way. I think it is. Either way. In order to make these games, I, it, it is. takes a village. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's pretty good, actually. Um, and today, we're actually talking about um, pretty much uh, what they call their ensemble cast, which is like a cast of characters that are most of the time... Um, and I guess we'll get into that too. Most of the time, individually developed, and you could tell there's a lot of effort put into individual characters, and then they're put there's a lot of effort put into making them all work together. Um, but other times, it's just a big cast of characters. I think what you said was correct. I wasn't really paying attention though. I was still looking up the 2K games thing. Mm-hmm. So you ever <laughs> have you ever watched Friends before? Yes, that is an ensemble cast. It is. You ever watch? Like, I, I'm sure you've noticed this. I'm sure it's been talked about before. But you know how, like, they'll have a party and everything, mm-hmm. and then they don't talk to anybody but themselves? Yeah, because they don't want to pay the other people. Unless it's a big star or something. Yeah. They're like, oh, Paul Rudd's here. We'll talk to we him. we got to talk to Paul Rudd because <laughs> we paid him a lot of money to be here, and we're going to get everything we can out of it. Remember the, like, really weird Brad Pitt one? I didn't watch Friends enough to know yeah. any of the... Well, like Brad Pitt and Jennifer, references. it was back when Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were married. And it was like, it was so like, it was almost like he was breaking the fourth wall, like the whole time. Like, cause he was huh. like, well, cause he was like talking crap about Jennifer Aniston, like in the show, like he was, he was kind of like mean to her or whatever. What? I don't. Uh, so you're right. Yeah. Uh, the ensemble cast, they kind of make it so that every character feels integral to the party. Or to the to the party, <laughs> to the story. Or in your case, when you were talking about earlier, it was a literal party. A party of six? Party of five. Duh, you totally... Oh man, I was really relying on you to like get that one. So party of five, the, one of the actors from that mm-hmm. is Jack from Lost. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Lost, speaking of... Is also an ensemble yep. cast. and I actually didn't even include it in this podcast, just for you. Well, I just included it, <laughs> just for you. Thanks. <laughs> um, actually, so we'll talk, no, we'll not talk about that again. Ever. Uh, lost? No, no more lost. Okay, it'll be on the podcast for sure. I know for sure. Um, so you're talking about last week, at the very end, you're like, "Oh, I can think of one," and a game with a, a big ensemble cast, and that would be Suikoden. Yeah, they've got like 100 108. Some, okay. 108 stars of Destiny. Yeah. Which is, uh, which just seems so unnecessary. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of work in the character design. Right. And for Suikoden, each one. Yeah, and Suikoden was actually pretty, was known for having, like, really good sprite animations as well. And not, because that's most... 500, there's, there's, sorry. There's five games. Mm-hmm. There's 540 characters they've designed. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Insane. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. 
Um, one of the things they did a lot with the sprite animations is they they give a lot of there's a lot of sprite animations that were like only used once, whereas like Final Fantasy games with the sprite animations they didn't they very much did not make one time usage sprite animations mm-hmm. like if an arm went up we'd figure out a way to use an arm up to mean a punch at some time or whatever, yeah. but that was the one sprite animation that was utili- utilized. utilized utilized yeah there we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the uh, Suikoden games were really, were, were known for just being just in general, beautiful games, but also that ensemble cast was pretty f- well fleshed out. Um, and in other people's, in other people's opinions, I've never actually played the games just because I saw 108 characters and I was like, I'm good. Um, well, you don't, you don't get 108. So not all 108 join your, uh, battle party. No, the thing that I was looking at was like the 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 ways in which you got people to join your mm-hmm. parties was like insane to me. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, you have to I, do like quests, or you have to talk to someone at a specific quest time, times, or uh, with certain people in your party, mm-hmm. um, after certain events, before certain events, during certain events. Like it was like a there was just so much in my opinion randomness to it that it. Uh, like it seems like it would be overwhelming to me, and I'd probably get anxiety. If you're at geographic somewhere. location, thirty degree, ninety degrees south, mm-hmm. at thirty three minutes and forty seconds into the game, is the only time you can get this character. Yes. Yeah. That type of stuff. Yeah. And the person's name is thirty three minutes, three thirty three seconds. I mean, there, so there's only six, six, six party members. There's 108 characters. That's crazy. I, I I really don't know. There's probably about 50 playable characters though, and I think the rest like, like you'll get like blacksmiths and stuff like that. The and which enhances your ability to make weapons and stuff like that. And I think there's, if I remember right, there's like uh there's there's like war mechanic sections to the games, and some of your characters you get will help that aspect. It's been a long time since war I've played mechanics. These games. Yeah, or like, um, kind of like a um, World of Warcraft type thing, where mm-hmm. like you have the, uh, your army fighting the other army. Oh, RTS stuff. Yeah, yeah, RTS. Thank okay. you. I do. Don't not quote me though, because it has been so long. Like I might have just made this up because it just seemed logical to me mm-hmm. that they would do something like that. No, there is RTS mechanics. I've seen it before. Oh, it's and it in. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of the way that uh, Nino and Kuni Kuni 2 handled, yeah. handles it. So it's kind of like this weird, like, real-time calculations on the fly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, thank goodness I got that right. Or somewhat yes. similar to, like, Landgrisser or... Um, oh, Landgrisser. So uh, great. Also, cons- I guess you could consider that an ensemble cast. Well, Land- Landgrisser, yeah. Landgrisser wasn't really... Uh, that wasn't RTS though. Oh no no! Whenever like the way the battles uh, take place, like it has it to where there's like a clash of mo- of a whole bunch of people and then oh, people yeah, die yeah, off yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Tactics ogre, I think that something they like look like they're just like dancing and then all of a sudden one of them like pops in the air. And like, oh, it's, oh, it, it's pretty much the uh, what do you call it? Uh, like the cartoon thing where like somebody like there'd be like a like a group of things getting into a, like thing is just a cloud and you just oh, see yeah. hands and feet. That's, that's persona. And, yeah, and then all of a sudden, poop, one pops out and that's the person who, who died. Yeah. Well, that part doesn't happen in persona, but yeah, I love fun persona. stuff. 
Fun stuff. Um, so as I was kind of taking a look through a lot of these ensemble cast games, mm-hmm. um, it really came apparent to me that like Xbox doesn't really like a lot of Xbox titles don't really do that. Like you are you are the main character. Yeah, and but that's Xbox theory though, really. Yeah, but then like, uh, well, I think I have this as a, as a section too. I don't know where it is, but but uh, it's kind of um, like you are the main character, and if there's supplementary characters. They their whole job is to either just support or make the main character look better. Look better, yeah. It and I could say, in my opinion, that that's what holds a lot of those types of games. Like it almost like like the the games that say for instance like JRPGs on Xbox suffer from that. In my opinion, is that well? Uh, sorry, I meant I meant like first party published games. But, um, but even then, like I, like okay, that's just my opinion about Xbox's like theory on bringing exclusives to their, mm-hmm. um, to their to their console is that it doesn't they don't they're very very centric on the player, uh, yeah. the player character. I mean, there are some obviously, like like Lost Odyssey was. Well, there's always gonna yeah, be yeah some, but a vast majority of them are right. literally first person shooters for the reason of it's about you, mm-hmm. um, it's about like putting you in the game you know <laughs> um or like ea i think it's ea it's in the game right it's, that's their thing right mm-hmm. i think ea ea sports get in the game. yeah it, no get in ea game. sports it's in the game oh right? it's in the game okay you're right hashtag ad um <laughs> but like it is uh taste the rainbow it was the first one i could think of that wasn't <laughs> I don't get behind that. Um, I do like Skittles, though. Skittles are pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and Skittles also has an ensemble. Remember cast. those commercials for for Reese's peanut butter cups, where like they had different ways you could eat the Reese's peanut butter cup, and then they had like the vampire one that sucked all the peanut butter out. No. Oh, okay. Freaking lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why I remember commercials. I well, here's the thing. I barely remember commercials mainly because I don't know if it has ever been like a predominant thing for me to just like watch TV and watch through the commercials. Mm. If a commercial was on, I was out of the room. Like, uh, you do do it to something else. Yeah, or I focused on something else. Well, I mean, they all they were only like thirty seconds, and that's how my that's, memory works, probably. So it's too much. <laughs> also, you can't remember thirty seconds. No, no, I can't. You can't keep my attention on something I don't want. I didn't come here for, dude. So now that I have, so I have, uh, like Infinity Xfinity Stream for Comcast, mm-hmm. and uh, but when you watch a show that you've recorded on DVR, mm-hmm. it isn't like, it isn't fast forward. It doesn't show like a um, thumbnail of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It just shows like, oh, you're advancing this far forward. But they have commercials, and so you have to kind of like just guess. And then sometimes, like, I'll be doing it, and I, I zoom ahead three minutes, and it's still a commercial. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And there's some, now I realize there's, like, seriously four minutes of commercials. That's crazy to me. It's insane. That is insane. But that's why I have Hulu without ads. I have Crunchyroll without ads. I have Spotify without ads. I cannot stand ads. I cannot stand commercials. Do you have HBO without ads? I do. <laughs> I don't think HBO has. They do have ads, that. actually. There's just not an option. It's just like they, it's they have their ads front, for, They have their pre rolls, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's all their stuff. They're just like, hey, guess what? There's new shows, and I'm like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. 
I'll deal with that. But at least I'm not like getting sold like ED pills or something. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, <laughs> with the disclaimers. Yeah, where okay. the guy talks so fast. Well, okay, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I always think about like if you actually get like an advertisement for something like that, or like a blood pressure advertisement, half of what's supposed to be according to an algorithm that you're getting that, mm-hmm. and whether it be because they think just oh, oh yeah, he's yeah. male, he's this, or <laughs> or somehow we've gathered from his watching thing that he might be of a specific race, so we're going to advertise this kind of um, what do you call it, the the high blood pressure thing or whatever, because he might have that due to his watching habits because we've gathered enough data that we can see if somebody watches certain types of shows they are of a yeah, certain, yeah. that kind of thing which that's why like when the ed things pop up or when i used to have hulu with ads and i was like what is it in my watching history that makes you think that i have <laughs> that i'm impotent like you know what i mean like i don't know it's age-based thing or whatever it could be that too mm-hmm. So at thirty is when this this problem occurs. Maybe that's when guys get interested in ED. Or interested? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> in remedies or whatever. Okay, interested. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they're interested. Well, maybe they are. Maybe maybe they're like, man, this isn't working out. quite the same as yeah, before. I gotta figure out. How I am interested. This. Or maybe they're maybe they're being uh you know provi- fire preventers. Maybe they're um, they're trying to figure out how. To prevent it from oh. happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's get the enhancement going on before the problem occurs. <laughs> but you know, so that was a crazy tangent. Oh, I'm not done do though. Not, oh, a little what? bit more. <laughs> so I just love, I love the commercials. Like the medical commercials were like, like, so there'll be one for like gas X, and then like you know the guy talks really fast. He's like the disclaimer, but if you slow it down, he's like, um, this can prevent gas, but can cause diarrhea, heart attacks, cancer. You know, like this yeah. whole list of stuff. Could you're possibly like, cause your, your rectum to collapse from the inside. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so here's the thing. You won't fart anymore, but... <laughs> you're dead. You so. also have a, a, a backup of bile now. <laughs> so there's that. <sighs> yeah. or, or like the, oh man, the heart pressure one. Or mm-hmm. like the, 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 the heart medicines. And they're always like, could cause death. Well, then I don't... Yeah. Then why am I taking this? <laughs> Yeah, you're telling me. Just want to keep our bases covered. Yeah. This could cause death and might not cure anything at all. Mm-hmm. Also, you might start to develop certain uh, certain uh, mental eyeball. impediments. Yeah. yeah. Like you uh, could cause anxiety and depression. And then the, oh, then the yeah. next commercial is about anxiety, depression medication. <laughs> yeah. Take these together. It's going to be fine. You should balance each other out. Or could also cause. Uh, what is it? Uh, chronic constipation. So, also maybe take the other one. Great stuff. <laughs> you thought I was looking over at a bottle of chronic constipation pills? That no, I no, no. I thought you were looking at your plant. And then I, I wanted to look at the plant and see if you trimmed it at all. And no, it's still taking over your room. Uh, I didn't. This plant that I have hanging is extremely like uh, vir- viral. Viral. Well, now it's like now it's looping back to join the rest of itself. I think it's the sun. It's, it, the, the, oh, it's oh, because if you look um, as they get further down, like it's lo- it's going back because it's getting further away like, from the the windows. Like so it's he has like a, a ceiling there. hanging plant, and the plants like almost reached the ground now. And it's it's great. I don't <laughs> kill plants. Um, I'm pretty good with them. It doesn't um, kill the plant. 
I just let you it grow excessively. It. Okay. Um, that's an ensemble of leaves there. Yeah. Can we uh, like actually get back? To yeah, yeah. We get back into it. Uh, so, <laughs> so there is actually different types of ensemble casts and mm-hmm. how they handle it. Uh, one of them is I called it keeping the band together, and that's essentially um, there's no well they have a few different ways. There is there's either a main character and like I said, kind of like the Xbox games where the ensemble cast. Uh, they support the main character or they're all kind of even characters. Right. So <laughs> just because this is an A and there's like one of the first movies I saw was actually I was thinking of Anchorman, which is an ensemble cast of these reporters. But it's all about um, Ron Burgundy. Yeah. And, and, and his the other reporters, like they worship Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And everything they do is to feed, to make him... More on a pedestal. More Ron Burgundy than, yeah. than he was before. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. And then you have it on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, you have Arrested Development, where you have the Michael Bluth, who's the main character. But then everyone, <laughs> everyone is doing everything. Like he's trying to put himself on a pedestal and do all this hard work, and everyone around him is trying to pull him off the pedestal. I haven't seen that. Oh, wait, is that the one with? Uh... Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman, yeah. Okay, so I have not actually got a chance to watch that. Yeah, okay, no that's kind of crazy. Um, it is on my list of things to watch, and because it seems I, like one you enjoy, you would enjoy. Actually, I would definitely enjoy. It. Yeah. I know I would. I've seen too many like snippets from it, and I know I'd enjoy it. The only problem it, is, I'm kind of obsessed with anime, and yeah, yeah. I'm finally get, I'm getting back into One Piece. I'm about like five episodes behind, so I'm like, and they started in the new arc right now, and I've been watching that, and plus like. It's like anime release season right now, which, by the way, anime is full of ensemble casts. And I'm pretty sure every type of cast you're going to speak about, it's, I will oh, probably yeah. be able to give you a yeah, an sure. anime for it. We'll save it to the end of those. Sure. Or now. So do you, or no, I mean, if you have one, is this the, the, the end of um, those type of... No, no, no. I, oh, uh, no, no, no. It's not. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> So interesting thing about Arrested Development is they really like plot out their comedy or for it and you could watch so it was originally like three seasons and you can okay. watch it and then you'll go back and because you've seen later episodes, mm-hmm. like new stuff will be funny because of knowledge you have of what happens later on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of But impressive. that requires you to go back and watch and I'm I, I said it I say it time and time again. I just don't like rewatching. Yeah, I know, I know. You would still enjoy it the first time, so and you're pretty observant, so I am. To a fault. You might even laugh about it later on because you're recalling what you had experienced before. Also I'd be one of those people with their random chuckles. (laughs) I'll just be sitting (laughs) (laughs) somewhere. Oh man, I wish I could remember what it was. Um I was in a movie theater and like me and my wife were the only two that laughed, but we were both bartenders when they made a bartender joke mm-hmm. and we were, and both of us were like cracking up and no one else in the theater was laughing, mm-hmm. but we got the joke. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, and then there's the other aspect where, uh, all the, all the parts are considered equal. Uh, the first one I thought of was actually Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles okay. where they are there. So Leonardo is the leader, but he doesn't really like stand out. Uh, from the other ones, yeah. huh? Yeah, he's a de facto leader, uh, but he doesn't really stand out from the other ones. They all kind of have their own part. Um, I mean, I, I guess you can say that there's a 
there's this power struggle between Raphael and Leonardo, mm-hmm. and and then kind of Donatello and Michelangelo are just doing their own thing, but like nobody's nobody's really like putting up anyone else on a pedestal or you know bringing them off the pedestal. They're right. just kind of they're a team. Um, other ones I was thinking about is uh, is Ghostbusters, kind of same thing. Um, but unfortunately for Winston, he was the last one to join, so he kind of feels like. It makes him feel like less of a main character, I guess. Actually, now that I think about it, he like he's ingrained, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter. They yeah, joined so know. late. Yeah, they definitely integrated him into the con. Right. Uh, another one we Goonies. Yeah. Where they're all kind of in it together. Okay. Um, so so all of these like the the prevailing theory is that they don't exist by themselves ever. Right. It is always as the, as the cast. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it is a little interesting, though, because since there isn't somebody that stands out, like, realistically, so for Ghostbusters, uh, you're going to have the new one coming out whenever, mm-hmm. and they have a new they have a new cast of Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. but since... People who bust ghosts. People that bust ghosts. Uh, but, you, but, but, like, Ray, Egon, I don't remember the other ones, Winston, and what's the other one? Hmm. It doesn't really matter. Not a big Ghostbuster. Uh, But the interesting interesting thing about that is you can actually put any characters in the Ghostbuster suits and it's the Ghostbusters. You don't necessarily have to have a particular character that stands out as a Ghostbuster. And do you have um, anything to back up this theory of yours that you could put anybody in those suits? Because, I mean, there was a movie that came out recently that um, had a a cast... um, that people didn't really like that much. Let's be realistic about why people were they're so vocal about why they didn't like it. It was an all female cast. I know. Yeah, I know. But um, they were still the Ghostbusters. It didn't true. matter. True, 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 true. So it didn't it didn't change anything. I've been really meaning to watch that movie though. I really me, actually me too. That. Actually, I, I heard it like <laughs> it. The I heard for the it people who actually paid attention to the movie and not the yeah. Like the I've heard it's an it. average movie, but it de- definitely didn't deserve the flack it got. Yeah, I think honest there's just a lot of average movies that come out nowadays that it's kind yeah. of hard to well, i mean to, if they're all remakes or reimaginings or recastings mm-hmm. that's probably the reason why it's hard to go oh my gosh that's exciting because you're like i've seen it before I yeah guess that's cool that's that true like if you can't to top it. the original then what are you doing or i mean i don't know maybe sit down and try to write a movie and not <laughs> original not try to rewrite a movie yeah yeah that's Wait. a whole other podcast. Hollywood. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, another one was Goonies. Um, I mean, it's along the same lines. They're just, they're just a group of kids, kids. going on a, at an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of the same thing. Uh, but they did have the, the theme that... Um, kind of that same thing, yeah. Okay. But each of those ha- ha- fall under the theme of this, the, if they're together, they're stronger. Mm-hmm. And which is funny because that actually kind of sounds like a lot of anime stuff. Yeah, it does. Because all anime is... God dang, don't say it! (laughs) Um, No, a lot of animes end up doing that, but I think it's because a lot of the animes that are popular enough, people recognize... Maybe it's propaganda. Well, no, they're actually marketed specifically because they're... Like, the animes that everybody knows are typically the shonen animes, Mm -hmm. which are marketed towards... um, I mean, shonen, I think, means young man or something like that. So it's marketed towards young adults or teenagers. So it's always about but propaganda by their government, though. 
I highly doubt that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I highly that, doubt it, Jap- too. Uh, well, Japan's not communist. Yeah, I know. I know. So, there's that. Um, in most <laughs> there anim- is that. Yeah. Most anime, or actually what would be considered quote-unquote anime, which is Japanese animation, comes from Japan. So yeah. I know. Anywho, um, so not propaganda. Wait, wait, wait. What, what is... So, is... Uh, like, isn't there a lot of Korean anime now? Mm-hmm. Is that... But that's why it's, it's, called, called, Korea, it's called Korean anime. Oh, okay. Because it's Korean animation. Hmm. Whereas anime just you anime now is used the same way Kleenex is used, which we talked about in the last podcast. Right, right, right. Um, but it's just synonymous with an animation from a from an Asian country is how they try to is how you can kind of categorize it as. Um, which, but if it's in the U.S., it's a cartoon. Yes, but now we have cartoons now that are working really hard to try to be part of that same market in mm-hmm. terms of. Um, so there's a lot of like american produced japanese animated yeah animations now which uh technically could be considered cartoons or anime because they are technically they're because they're animated there but because they're produced by us that means that they're actually written and the styling is similar uh probably key art is done by us that kind of right. stuff but it's like technically you could almost if you're using I mean that it's animated ca- me let's i mean right, but if, if it looks use, like anime it's anime but if you're using that categorization the Simpsons is technically anime too because they do key art here and then it's animations done in China. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Or, or, um, or Korea or something like that. But either way, uh, an Asian country does their animation. That's interesting. Um, that being said, there are a lot of uh, shonen enemies that have the ensemble cast. Um, most of the time though, um, it's usually focused around one character though. So right. it would probably be a different type of ensemble cast, which... Um, let's see the all for one cast. Um, nah, a lot of anime is very character driven. Yeah, because it's because of the way the traits and everything works. So. Well, it's either it's either um, propping one person up or it's like everyone's kind of the main character. But I can't really th- I can't think of any animes that are um, like everyone the the parts of the make up the whole or whatever. Yeah, the the individuals aren't very important. It's the it's the group. Uh, I can't really think of any at the moment. Um, so let's, yeah, we can move on to the next type, but I definitely should have, I should have a lot more for the other types because I really don't think they do very much group things because anime is, is all about individual, like, animations and stuff like that, just, like, to make every character unique. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the same way cartoons and everything work here in movies, they make everybody unique so that way they can sell products for it. And because animation is what it is, it's a little bit easier to to throw an animated face on everything and make fi- uh, like figurines and stuff for it. So I actually uh, I put in here Xeno uh, uh, Gears versus Xeno Saga in terms of ensemble cast. Yeah, and obviously they're both ensemble cast because any RP- JRPG, well, most JRPGs are ensemble cast. Yeah. But you know, with Xeno Gears, it's really like this. It's the story of Faye and Ellie. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is kind of doing their part. Tangential, to, huh? Everybody else is tangential. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of Satan. It's 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 basically the same thing. They're all they're all supporting that that those two characters along right. the way. Uh, but then Xenosaga, on the other hand, is kind of the Oof. opposite because yeah. they tried to make it so that all these characters are individually important mm-hmm. and they're all all these different threads 
between yeah. these characters are all tied together to... And they bounce back and forth, too, about right. making it about the group and about making it about the individuals. Poor um, Ziggy. Yeah, okay, so Ziggy is like one of those characters where he would be more important had they integrated his mobile game right. storyline into the... To the into the big story, you know, I've been thinking about his character a little bit though. He's he's kind of the 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 dad character in a way. Yeah, like he, he's the only character that is like a legitimate adult in the in the main cast, except for Shion, and even then, she's like a young prodigy. Yeah, she's like twenty four or something. Oh, sorry, her brother um, is also an adult. Yeah, but even then, he's kind of a no. He's a little bit older. Yeah. But he's just cool. Also, you notice nobody's parents are really featured. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, it's like definitely like a kid. What about, oh, um, isn't that a lot of anime? Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. And the Actually, usually if their parents are involved, it's usually tragic. Yeah, because they died somewhere mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the background somewhere. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, let's let's uh, okay, go ahead. Let's uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say take a quick, take a quick break. Yeah. Avengers Assemble. We're back for the for the Avengers Ensemble. I was just gonna say something that was nice, and then I messed it up, and whatever. We're back for the MVG podcast. Gosh. That's us. Yeah. We do stuff. So we talk in microphones. So, still talking about ensemble casts, of course. Um, which I don't know why all of a sudden I felt like we need to remind them after the break what we were talking about. Yeah, because the break sometimes feels like it's too long for our like from our perspective. And yeah. Then, <laughs> for for them, it's like. But they're like half a second, or like it's like the little eight second riff that I throw in there, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, okay, well. I mean, I, w- I wasn't gone. Were you? Go- but you know what? Here's the thing. By us, do- another tangent. Uh, <laughs> by us doing that, once we get ads in between there, or if we do get ads in between there, there's going to be a a time period. Mm. So that's true. I always hate because like, I always was kind of fast forward past the ads, so and then boy, so boy, so I always want reminders about what the heck they're talking about. Or, or or you do that thing where you, you go fast too far. forecast and then you go backwards twice or whatever so you can oh. get like right in the thing. And then well if my my uh my stereo like if I accidentally like if I go forward and I accidentally like oh I gotta go back a little bit, but if I don't do it just right, it'll like go back to the beginning. Oh, but huh. then my fast forward option's like super slow on mine. No way no. Yeah. <laughs> so uh another another way they handle in Sabo ensemble cast ensemble ensemble cast is uh or handling all these characters is they split up the group and give them all their own mission this is a horror movie trope that never ends well (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good point uh and one one of the first ones i can think of that i thought did a really good job was this well i mean x-men the first X-Men did fine, uh, but X-Men 2 actually did a really good job. They had a lot of characters, and they did. They kind of gave them all their, their separate missions, and mm-hmm. in order and how they did that... Something to play to everybody's strengths and whatnot. Yeah, they, I mean, they well, yeah. Uh, well, they just they had the group get attacked, mm-hmm. and then they were forced to split up, and... Yeah. Well, okay, so as with most of the topics we talk about, a lot of these, like, like groups and 
and like uh, types can always be like uh, there's always something that occupies 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 multiple types of these groups you know um, whether it be like in an anime where you'll end up doing like several different story arcs and maybe one arc is like three of the main cast members or whatever and they're all developing their characters and then the next arc it's three other casts and then after that arc then you get everybody back together that kind of thing so then it actually ends up being about the group as a whole but then it was actually about the individuals when they split and when they split up so then technically that's three different types yeah, of ensemble yeah, usually, well yeah and they usually like uh they usually use it for character building they like spe- you know they specifically pair up characters for character growth and whatever between right. the two of them or the group or whatever and yeah. it always seems like uh when they do split up they always have like a different theme like they'll have one group that's you know they're really they're bringing the action they're like they're the ones running away and everything mm-hmm. and the other ones have like personal drama that they're they need to take care of and right or there's a backstory that has been needed to be developed for the longest time and they're like oh shoot we probably should get on that yeah yeah and then they're like well this arc will explain that and let's go that kind of thing so everyone kind of praised uh uh brian singer for x-men 2 and uh, and then uh i thought it was kind of funny because when uh like avengers infinity war came around it was kind mm-hmm. of like the whole the russo brothers were like hold my beer you know yeah because the their ability to juggle i, I don't know so they, they juggle all these characters but i guess i always got to consider the fact that they've had all these movies behind it to establish all these characters anyway yeah. so you're not actually establishing anything you're just you're just throwing them in situations right well i mean like you were saying earlier there's the cast where um they have to split the characters up Mm-hmm. To, in order to make them actually like more individually potent so in this case like for the avengers the giving them all individual movies and then putting them all together gives gives you a chance to get to know each individual one and then putting them together maybe they be more playful yeah, with them they get to be less serious less uh less uh less like character building because now the building is technically already been done now you get to see how they how they play in the real world. Kind well, of and technically you have all these main characters. Yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> cast of main characters. For sure. Fighting for screen time, you know, and have <laughs> fighting for screen time. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a, I mean, kind of in a way, I mean, I mean, think about when so in, Thanos is Hollywood. Huh? Thanos is Hollywood. <laughs> and they're all <laughs> fighting Hollywood to get, <laughs> to get more screen time. Well, no, I mean like, so you have, uh, when Thor gets, uh, brought in by the guardians and everything and then mm-hmm. you have star lord and thor like who's the alpha you know and but there's actually quite a bit of that throughout that movie right because they are there's all these alphas in their movies mm-hmm. and how are all these alphas gonna you know work together yeah i mean i guess that's what they were praised for though is getting that getting that to actually work yeah um because i feel like a lot of other studios had they been proposed with this big of a of an undertaking they would have been like uh no no i'm dead <laughs> yeah, um, probably maybe uh have them all have their own because that's all we can do i mean at this point i think gc just announced recently that they are going to split them yeah, up they're going to be doing multiple universes um oh 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 i didn't know that yeah supposedly they're going to have two running concurrently 
Hmm. Um, which kind of sounds like a cop out to me. Just yeah. Because I can't figure it out. Um, but also at the same time sounds like a great uh, platform for which to build upon. Um, what so, something that's very very near and dear to DC fans, and that is Crisis on Infinite yeah. Earth, which would make it to which where is happening on the show soon. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I think I think one of those things that like I mean, one of they the have a way to do it. Yeah. One of the hardships with building ensemble casts, and this is video games, TV shows, movies, is that. Um, not only are you trying to develop individual characters, but you're trying to give the viewer, the player, the interactor, whoever, to you're giving you're trying to give them some kind of agency in all of this. And with movies, that agency is explain like, agency. Um, you're trying to give them a role. Yeah. Uh, like uh, like they. I mean, they're obviously the the other perspective, you know, of of the story. So like when you're when you're making or writing a story. You're writing it to be heard, to be interpreted, and then to be, um, what do you call it? Ah, shoot. I had the word. Anyways, you're writing it to be re- heard, interpreted, and like taken in personally. Mm. Like, uh, so, say for instance, in an interactive media, you, you're creating this ensemble cast, and you want the player to get to know each of the characters. You want the player to figure out what you initially meant by creating the characters or audience or the audience. And then you also want at the end of the day, you want them to somewhat relate to those characters, right? Um, by baking, putting them in uh, pseudo realistic, like uh, scenarios, Mm -hmm. mind you, because there is no superheroes. That's realistic in that universe. But yeah, but not in our current universe, so I, that's why I said pseudo-realistic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like when you do that with an ensemble cast, you have to do that with so many characters. Or, like you were saying earlier, because there's different types, you're trying to do that for a group, or you're trying to do that for their situation that they're put into. Um, and it always... I, I definitely see... Because, I mean, nowadays, right now, we have like the big perspective of looking at the Marvel movies as being like the best way to do right. it or the best people to have done it so far. Yeah, it's, it's really hard not to say ensemble cast without bringing up Avengers. Right. Um, and funny thing, though, is that they're the basis for their stories, the comic books that they come from, has been doing ensemble cast for many, many years I prior. I didn't even think about that when I was making this, when I was. Um, yeah, I mean, designing the because there's so huge a cast of characters in both the Marvels and the DCs yeah. and the Dark Horses and the um, and the Image Comics and things like that, where like all of these people have been just as a writer for they, years. Been doing yeah, this. they're just putting out this content. They're like writing these characters because they fall in love with them, and sometimes mm-hmm. it could be like, I wrote this character. It's the main character, blah blah blah. Well, it's part of themselves I, in it. Yeah, and yeah. Then, suddenly this in, this side character comes in and I actually fell in love with the side character so I, I decided to write them more and then they became part of the cast and then it became so, so slowly but surely it's like aspects of the, the writer's personality right. get created yeah they take the ownership of these characters and, yeah. Um, but yeah in terms of making ensemble casts it's been done many a times yeah. whether it be something uh, like the uh, like the J.R.R. Tolkien books um, so like the Lord of the Rings that's technically in, it's on my list on some cast as well, where 
there is individual development, but there's also uh, a really a big group thing that's mm-hmm. being done. But it's more of the scenario, and it's not actually about the group itself. There, there, in uh, th- that one's actually an interesting one, and and there's a little bit of I'll I'll get into it when we we get to the next section. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a question for you. Uh, for Infinity War and Endgame and everything, mm-hmm. um, I guess more so Infinity War. Was there any? Was there any of the main characters or main groups that didn't feel as big as the other ones? Um, no, I think I actually did pretty good at trying to keep everybody on the same importance level. Yeah. I would say that there are certain characters individually that didn't get a lot of shine, but I think it's but because they felt like they're, I think they're more so like side characters, if anything. Yeah, but even then, sometimes those characters went from being no shine to all the shine mm-hmm. to no longer. Any oh, shine like in the either. in the in game, whatever. Yeah, I was trying to decide if uh, the Guardians felt like they're second tier the Avengers, but uh, they were second tier until their first movie came out. No, no, no. I meant like in Infinity War. Oh, um, but yeah, completely in Infinity War. They were second tier until somebody made a bad decision. Yeah, and then they were they were integral. Yes, and that's. But if you look at every single cast character, that's what it seems like they did. Mantis was. I mean, they kind of did their own thing. Yeah. They were getting in their own way. Yeah, <laughs> and well, so not just they were getting in their own way; they're getting in other people's way. Right. Well, there was the little things like Mantis was not a like super important character, but then. But she played a big role. But she played a huge role until another one of her cast members messed things up, <laughs> you know, and um, and then like you think like Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man, how technically went from being just in, like an introductory character mm-hmm. that they brought in in Civil War to having a bigger role in like the bigger narrative. Right. And then, you know, and then, you know, the thing, I don't, I don't feel so good. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that become making him even more important. Right. And like, yeah, that's, I think that's the thing that they, they told that line with all the previous movies like giving the cast all he, of the importance, he and then had uh, how to put it into the big thing. He had a double role, realistically, uh, in for Infinity War, because I mean he definitely stood on his own because he did he contributed, but mm-hmm. at the same time he played the role of I mean he's, he's you know kind of been a, like a father figure or uh, Tony Stark's been kind of a father figure, mm-hmm. and it really like it helped emphasize Tony's defeat at the end. So in oh, a way, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. So in a way, he was kind of propping up uh, Tony Stark's character, right? But that's like a lot of the interactions that come with having an, an ensemble yeah. cast is like actually there's a lot of that. Why? Why back somebody, and forth? Yeah. Why somebody need or how characters support other characters to support other characters to support the cast or to you know support the group or how another character relies on the the faults of another character in, in order to justify their importance to certain mm. things and. Or, like, having characters have specific flaws and having other characters have those flaws as their strengths or having those strengths to counteract the flaws right, right. to make it more of, like, an interlocking cast. Right. Um, and not just everybody's super strong, and I guess we're all super strong together. That's great. But, yeah, that was another thing that they excelled at is making sure that people that- existed um, as a... What do you call it? Everybody, everybody's a... Strengths and weaknesses were interlocking. It was never just one person being strong or all the people being strong. And that's what they do together is be more strong. 
So, uh, um, so the Russo brothers, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent, but, uh, I don't know if you read this, but the Russo brothers, you know, they said they didn't really want to, they're done, you know, they're kind of like hanging up their Marvel jacket. I don't know what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually said they would come back to do if something with Dr. Doom. Because Dr. Doom also has his tendrils in a lot of ensemble casts, um, he was like one of the people who lent his machinations to the, I believe, one of the original Secret Wars. No, no, the Secret Wars. So, uh, in terms of not even revealing his identity until a lot later into that series. Mm. Um, but also, Doctor Doom is a antihero in some ways. So he actually has a nation that he watches over and stuff like that. It's kind of a whole thing. You could actually Doctor Doom and Black Adam are like the DC Marvels like back and forth thing, yeah. Because Black Adam also is a good back guy slash bad guy because yeah. he has a nation that he watches over and a lot of things he says that he does is in defense of those people. So is is he is he neutral neutral or a true neutral? Um, he's actually or I would say he's closer to evil? like a, he's closer to kind of like a lawful neutral. Oh, like or is it more the lawful evil? No, I don't think he's necessarily evil. It's I think most of the time it has to do with everybody doing things against him and then he's doing it for what he considers to be a good reason. Hmm. But then also Dr. Doom is bad sometimes, so uh, Black Adam as well. It's one of those weird things where I think back in the day... Chaotic neutral. No, he's well, not really it's chaotic. A, it's an evolving thing, though, because back in the day, a lot of villains were just villains. Yeah. And then as the comic books went from the Golden Age to, I want to say, the Silver Age, or, or the Silver Age to the Golden Age, yeah. we people started to add more personality to them. Age? I don't know. Um, people started to add more personality to the villains and less... Uh, and it was less uh, one-sided. It just yeah. cut and dry characters. Well, they also changed their motivations to fit the story, too. That too. Yeah, they'll probably pick the best villain suited for this and kind of change them a little bit to meet their needs for the story. Well, I mean, considering they're doing the intergalactic thing, Doom might actually fit into that too. So now I'm thinking of Beastie Boys songs. That's cool. I don't know much Beastie Boys. I don't remember very many, but Beastie Boys songs. Um, so what's, what's the next type? Well, so getting back to well, it's it's pretty much uh, still splitting up and giving them an own mission. Uh, kind of. One of the first ones I really remember um, doing that was actually the Ocean's Eleven. And that was the biggest way. Because, yeah. you know, they had these three big stars. You had Matt Damon, uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney. And they all kind of, even though he had a lot, he had other stars there too, actually. Uh, but they kind of gave them their own role mm-hmm. to handle. and But that was just everybody playing to their individual strengths. strengths. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. And they gave everyone their, like, just like you were saying, uh, they gave everyone had their own strengths and that was their mission. And you were talking about how everyone had their own, uh, weakness and then that weakness might be someone else's strength. So it's kind of the right. same thing. Um, I don't know. I just tried down a few other ones. Did you ever see lost boys? Mm-mm. Uh, so I won't talk about that one. We'll talk about stranger things and in, instead, cause that's a little bit easier. So stranger things is, is kind of interesting because, um, you know, it's, it's all one big group, right? but they're all, but the way they have their stories is, I mean, like the kids, it always seems like kind of an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
uh, their mom and the the cop. I can't remember his name. It they're, like their level of they handle it kind of like it's a, a mystery. They're trying to solve this mystery. And who else is there? Oh, then the, oh, actually, it's a, kind of another mystery too. The 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 boyfriend and the girl, mm-hmm. but they all kind of have their own little separate paths, and it's kind of different different types. Of, uh, I don't explain this very well. It's like different feelings to their stories, essentially. Right. Yeah, they actually do like a, a theme thing based on yes, the character. Yes, the so, theme. Why can't I think of the theme? Yeah, so one character might have like a theme about identity. Another character might have a theme about, um, uh, shoot, about like, um, I don't know, like social anxiety or something like mm-hmm. that. And then another character, their whole art could be like, I don't know, having a, having a girlfriend at the time. And I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like weird things where everybody has their own, their own, like, uh, their, I guess you could just call it their own story arc, but they have their own whole story setting and everything mm-hmm. and they just blend all those together because they all still technically live in the same town and they all still technically have the same problem to deal with but they also have their individual problems as well and actually that's what lends closer to like what anime um, some of cast do where it's definitely usually uh, your group of characters which, and I say your group as the viewer the characters that you follow mm-hmm. are always typically like heavily intertwined but it always turns out that there's a story or there's always an episode about a backstory of somebody. There's always an episode of um, like their current struggles with that backstory. Um, each individual character always has their individual quirks and everything. But when it comes down to it, it's about how they work together mm. to, you know, to beat the bad guys or to get stronger or whatever. Um, well, I was, trying to, I was trying to peg it. Well, I mean, it always feels like the kids, like when they're separate, it always feels like, you know, I always always think of Goonies every time I mm-hmm. think of their group together. I actually think of it a little bit. Uh, and then I was trying to think about like, um, oh my gosh, what is the cop's name and the mom? I can't think of them right now. Uh, but they like season three, they kind of played them like uh, like the whole buddy cop thing. Yeah. And um, and then the. Sister- I think it's because they were trying to not like. Like they said a thing, but they didn't want to quite say the thing, and then it was so like them, them two getting together. Oh, the romance type thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things where okay, so the trope would say that we should just make them a couple, mm-hmm. but in order for this to be good writing, we need to actually either string this out or we need to add tension, so that way at least the characters are forced to um, the characters are forced to admit their feelings on screen as opposed to in their heads. Um, but also, it needs to be organic because we want the viewer to feel the same emotions and to relate to those emotions. And so one of the things that I think they did really good is actually make sure that um, the thing that you thought was going to happen would eventually happen, yes. But at least you were rewarded for the journey to get there, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it wasn't just kind of a, it happens, ah, expected that. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you're like, it happens, and oh, this is why it happens. Okay, that, didn't that really makes happen, more sense. Huh? It didn't really happen. Exactly. It was just but, teased throughout. But you see what I'm saying, though? But it, like, but the tension and the in the journey up to it is part of like is actually part of their development. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then like her feelings at the very end of that series or that the, at the very end of the uh, season were actually justified, and you could see 
you could feel the same things and think think if something had happened at the end of the season, you'd have nothing to justify. You would just be like, nah, I knew it. And at this point, you're just <laughs> kind of like, oh, well, I what would she still have those feelings later on, or you know those kinds of things? And it at least gives you like kind of like that anticipatory feeling that you get for a second or another season. But at the same time, sometimes you just kind of go, if there is no other season, then maybe this is this is like a, like one of those nice open ended ones that kind of just makes you like actually sit down and, and analyze the, the actions that were taken and the and the emotions that were shown, that kind of thing. But yeah. Ensemble casts are good for that though, because you can you can throw several different threads all over the place and, and then and just yeah. slowly but surely pull things in and maybe tug on one a little bit harder than the other ones. But at the same time, because you have such a big cast and you have and they're all working towards common goals or a common goal, you never if you don't fully tug a string in for, for a plot line or for like an emotional development uh, piece of your story, you're not actually like, uh, what do you call it? You're not actually getting robbed of that story. If anything, you're get, it's in being enhanced because the character is still growing. It's just that other thing that you now you just want to see more of and you want to see, right. you, you want to see it develop, but you still get something to, to show for your time there. You know what I mean? Does it feel to you like, uh, do you feel like the kids are always safe? No, that's, oh gosh. So I actually feel. That's one of the best things about I feel the opposite. I feel like, I feel like, I always feel like the kids are safe and, but then like the other characters are, are under real duress all the time. I mean, uh, you can, it seems like they always have a protector. Like, but you could say that from the Hollywood perspective and from the outside perspective. Mm -hmm. But if you actually look at it from the perspective of the kids in the story, they never actually seem safe because there always seems like there could be something that could happen to them. It's just, well, they always haven't seem to have a protector with them. Mm -hmm. It's either, it's either 11 or it's, uh, Oh my God. I can't think of anyone. The guy with the hair and the bat. Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't. Anyone's I think it's more or less they put those characters there as a way to show that there is a way for them to get out of mm. something. But if you look at it, there are several characters that didn't necessarily survive, and I think that by having people die around them, like I think maybe if you're actually looking at it from like a there's going to be another season kind of perspective, mm. then yeah, of course you think everybody's safe, right? Um, but if you're looking at it from the story perspective, well, like nobody in, ever actually seemed like they could, in the or first, everybody seemed like something could happen to them. In the first season where you didn't really know who's like the main characters necessarily, mm-hmm. it always felt like the kids were safe and it always felt like everyone else was like in dire or in, in, in danger. Right. But again, that's from the, from the, I'm sitting at home watching a TV show perspective. Yeah. Okay. It, fair. It, it's a, it's definitely, it's definitely like a. Like, if you look at the story, the fact that they got involved in so many of these things, mm-hmm. yes, you would say that they're extremely lucky children and that they they happen to be <laughs> able to out yeah. th- to miss a couple things. But Using the same Dungeons time, and Dragons. Mm-hmm, right. But if you look at, like, from the perspective of, like, the story, technically the kids are always in danger. Yeah. And they are actually the people who are in the most danger. It's the adults. That's beca- true. It's the adults because they have such this mindset that none of this could actually exist they are actually not not being aware of the danger they're in. It causes them to be in even more danger and more uh, more visible danger than the kids are because at least the kids 
can see the danger and the adults don't see it and don't really believe it most of the time. It feels like all the characters are drawn to danger too. Like they yeah. all ta- well, well, I mean, the city in general is drawn to danger. So, yeah. Um, so, but yeah. So it's like you think about like uh, maybe say like the cops in the second season, whenever all that stuff was spreading from the ground or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So you look at them, they're looking at it as, Oh, what is this fungus? Right. Yeah. And then everybody else. Oh, like hopper. Kid, right. And the kids are looking at it as, Oh my gosh, it's the Demogorgon who's yeah, doing yep. this. And so they're more cautious, which means that even though they're like delving deep into it, they're still delving deep into it with caution. That's true. It always feels like... Go, the adults are going, this fantasy stuff wouldn't they, actually Yeah, they seem like so much more oblivious. Right. And then, uh, and then but the that's kids why they're are like, more dangerous and more, more apt to be killed because they actually aren't paying attention. Yeah. So technically the kids are in more danger, except they're, they're paying... More that's cautious. Like, okay, yeah. It's like a... It's like uh, knowing that the, the stove is hot and touching it anyways. And then somebody not knowing what the word hot means and just going, what do you mean hot? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So the adults are like, what do you mean fantasy creature? Or what do you mean Demogorgon? Mm-hmm. What is this? That kind of thing. And the kids are like, no, I know what that is. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> uh, or I, or it's I, like I, I see they do things. Yeah. It's like in hor- like we are talking about before in, in horror, horror. Uh, movies where like, you know, you're like, what is there? No horror, horror movies in horror. In horror. Yeah. But then yeah, like they have their, funny. they have their like their D and D. And so like, that's their horror movie that they're, <laughs> that, that as like their warning, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I so, think that's what makes, that's what makes that series good is that you kind of like you're most of the time you're just saying dumb adults and you're rooting for the kids because yeah. the, the kids have, their brains are more malleable and believing what they what they're seeing, and as the adults are like, yeah, this is not. You know, I can explain this with science, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is you know their downfall. But yeah, so one of my favorite things about uh, and and there's a lot of TV shows to do this. Um, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, is when they all get back together. That's like my favorite part. Like it always like I remember in Lost it was always annoying when the characters got split up, but as soon as they were back together, like like you just had this feeling of well, first of all, they felt more safe when they're together. So they are, and they felt like way more bad A's together, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always my favorite part of those is whenever they split them up and then they bring them back together and all feels right in the world. So. There's an anime mm-hmm. called all anime. Um, it's called uh, One Piece, and one I've of the big things. Yeah, one of the big things they did is they actually have the main character, uh, Luffy. He actually like starts off the series by himself, mm-hmm. and slowly but surely picks up people that are, I wouldn't say necessarily sympathetic to his cause, but are drawn to his energy as a person. Right, and then there's you get slight backstories for each of the individual characters as they come into his party, and they want to follow him. Like it's this weird thing where this guy's saying he wants to be the king of the pirates, right? Which means he's going to defeat everybody else, and all of these other his cast of characters all see are seemingly weak. Like you know they they don't seem like they have like a whole bunch of stuff going for them, but somehow this main character is able to like pick those individual things out from them like oh this guy's a sniper or like you know he's really good at distance and stuff like that and then he's also um 
I don't know. He's he's really smart. Oh, he's like a he's like a an inventor, like a gadget person, right? And then so then you have other characters who maybe this guy just wants to be the strongest swordsman ever, um, or to to exist. And he sees that he sees the uh, the ambition in what would be his new captain, saying that he wants to be the king of pirates. And he's like, okay, I can get with that because if he's gonna be a king of pirates, then I will be by be being the strongest swordsman on the king of pirates crew. Then I'm yeah. That's legit. That's what I want to do, right? Right. Um, so they build all that cast together, and then like they split it up so many times. You get all of this like uh, like putting all these people together, but constantly splitting it. And I can see what you mean, like whenever you're saying that, like everybody when they come back together, there's mm-hmm. always that feeling of oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, the the puzzles put back together again. You know, um, all the pieces or like the main bad guy. You're like. Oh, t- Oh, you're oh. screwed because <laughs> yeah, in the previous episode you saw old dude running like you mm. know he's about to catch up with everybody else and it's gonna go down um and there's like so much uh like there's the anticipation for it and then when it happens and you of course you get a whole episode of recaps of everybody's journey up to that point and then you're like okay can we get to the fight and then the fight <laughs> takes like 10 or 15 episodes because everybody's got to power up dragon ball z i'm t- talking about you um <laughs> mainly just one person powering up for six episodes straight but you know it is what it is I still so the bad guys have to power up too there's a, yeah all their constipation screams um <laughs> i love dragon ball z though and i, I love dragon not ball z. like it um i'm sure it's on this list somewhere that's right um but yeah so then like they bring like they even do uh in one piece they did like this huge time skip well i say huge it was like two years time. In, in what in one piece oh, okay they did a two-year time skip and then they came back together and it was literally like Let's get the crew back together, um, because once we do that, we're I I'm I'm back on my stuff. I had to get stronger, um, and then so I could be like properly your leader or whatever, right? And everybody else was like, "Bet," because I'm gonna get stronger too. And then, the, like all the episodes leading up to their reassembly, like it's oh man, you know how you like pretty much like when that one theme song plays in the Avengers movies, mm-hmm. and you know it's about to go bum, down. Bum. No, is that it? I don't know. I'll just play it. Okay. Don't make. The, don't 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 embarrass yourself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so I'll actually like play it, like as I'm probably talking or whatever. But cool. yeah. Um. But then they get back together, and you're like, oh, you that might have been like Lord like of the, the Rings. The swell. The swell is like like um, like you can feel it. Like you can feel the anticipation of getting there, and then when everybody gets together, or sometimes where they do that thing where. They subvert your expectations, and one of the people's is already there, and they just, I don't know, they just do something that's, you know, bad. Or not bad, sorry. I want to say a word, but they just do something that's, like, really cool or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then somebody else does something that's really cool, and then suddenly, like, everybody's starting to get back together, and everybody's doing cool stuff. And, like, in this... Team in this, attacks. Hmm? Team attacks. Exactly. Yeah. In this case, it was... Uh, Everybody's getting back and they sh- pretty much showing off like at least one of their new abilities or at least one of their new uh, prowesses or whatever. Um, so like maybe like Usopp when he came back, he's like a, he's pretty much like the scaredy cat, the sniper guy. So he keeps his distance for a reason. Uh, but he comes back and instead of being this scrawny dude uh, that's always like cowering, which he still cowers, but that's kind of part of his character trait. Um, he's like legitimately yoked. And and everything, right? And so, like, it was, it kind of like, like caught you off guard. Like, oh, this, like, you went from being like this little, like this little skinny character that's just always sniping oh, people yeah, with yeah. your like with your little, um, 
a little slingshot to <laughs> suddenly like like extremely yoked and then you have like he has this giant like uh i don't know if it's like a big slingshot but instead of having like this like the two bars to hold the slingshot mm-hmm. together it has like five and it's all in a circle so he can like shoot and, and instead of shooting just regular, shoot from any direction Oh no no! It's like just a circle with like a whole bunch of things coming towards the middle, and then like the the pouch uh, is in the middle, and he pulls that back, kind of elastic that way, for and a it, little bit more oomph. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of slingshots, I really like how they gave I don't remember the kid's name in Stranger Things, but I love that they gave him a, a slingshot because mm-hmm. it's just kind of that whole homage to it. Because obviously it was a influence for that show. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I, I saw that too. Yeah. I like okay. it. I like uh, that stuff. Yeah, oh, you've you've gotta love when a when a director or a creator decides to compare and watch love them. to someone else. Yeah, yeah that's why it. I like the Metal Gear Solid games because the what the Metal Gear Solid games, um, because Hideo Kojima, he's he's a big fan of a lot of things and mm. a lot yeah, of yeah, them yeah. get shoutouts, mm-hmm. um, because that's his. That, she's like, Psh, I'm gonna wear my influences on my sleeve for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when. Um, so then you get people back together. Also, when he shoots a slingshot, now he has like these plant pods, and it has to do with his backstory with the island that he got flung to that he was in training one piece? on. One Piece. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has like these plant pods that do special things. But whatever. Um, either way, it's like so. It's always cool to see all those like the the reassembly and. and What's your favorite anime? Is it One Piece? No, Steins Gate. Oh. You like, you, you prop One Piece up quite a bit. Um. I prop it up because I'm still interested in it, even Got after it. 900 episodes. That makes sense. Oh. And <laughs> that, to me, is a testament. I also prop up Dragon Ball Z as well, but everybody already knows about it. And I yeah. and I feel like everybody technically in the anime knows community about knows about One Piece yeah. as well. Yeah, but... It's not... But I don't know. I don't I feel know like if it's Dragon just mainstream. Is, I feel like Dragon Ball Z is known more outside of the anime sphere as well. So That's just, true. Everybody knows what Dragon Ball is. Right. But... Um, and also, I I don't know. Even I my spent wife a lot of time tri- getting into One Piece and like actually uh, watching all 900 plus yeah. episodes to catch up. I don't think my wife has heard of One Piece, but I'm sure she's heard of Dragon Ball. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, the reassembly is definitely a big part of the ensemble cast. It's huge. It's, oh, it's so great. Makes it happens sad. a lot in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. You oh, split right. up a lot. And, and then, then you do the, like, the team battle or whatever. Yeah, and then the whole second half of the game is bringing the crew back bringing together. Bringing the crew back together. Yeah. And it's so satisfying every time. Every time you get you're something like, oh my gosh, thank goodness I, you're safe. I forgot how much I missed the auto or the, the auto crossbow. Oh my gosh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> oh, Welcome it. back. Yeah, and they always play their theme song, and it's always like satisfying. <laughs> yes, speaking of which, music in Final Fantasy VI was great, in case we didn't mention that before. Yeah, which I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Maybe um, I did because I put an insert in there. I don't know. Who knows? So another thing that they, um, another way they'll do an ensemble cast is they'll do intertwining stories, but the characters are actually aware of each other, and mm-hmm. but then they'll you know like slowly but surely their their paths will. I mean, throughout the story, their paths will intersect, and it kind of seems like that always culminates in them all getting together. Would you say that is the, uh, the, the, like a scenario of a story that is being currently written by two podcasters? Oh, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Our, um, our tower game that we're, 
I mean, it's it revolves around three separate characters and their stories are intertwined, but yeah, they don't know about each other. Yeah, oh. but slowly but surely they co- they they pass out the cross and they culminate in a in a in a joining of uh, of powers. That sounds weird when you say it that way. In a joining? <laughs> I don't know. Um, did you ever play Odin Spear? Nope. So Odin Spear is is essentially this. They even like when you um they even give you like a timeline, mm-hmm. and you have different. So it it plays out. You select a character, and it plays out like scenes. Is it Odin it, Sphere or Odin Sphere? Okay. Sphere. Oh, it's another Atlas game. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. And um, it's it's a two D side scrolling action RPG ish, I suppose. Seems a little fan service y. <laughs> uh well <laughs> I, I don't remember I don't remember the other games they do off the top of my head for whatever reason, but yeah, their their art style is very much that. Uh they definitely embellish stuff. Yeah. Well if it's a guy, if it's like a barbarian dude, then I mean he's yoked. Yeah, for sure. And if it's a or if it's a I mean see. you should look at you should look at Odin in Odin Spear. Odin Spear. Is he uh, yoked? Yes, for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Holy crap, Yoden's huge or Odin's huge. Yeah. Okay. In comparison. Yeah. Um I just I just love the art style in that game though. It, it's they did another game called like Dragon Dragon's uh, Crown. Dragon's Crown. And yeah. that one that one they wear their fan service literally on their cover. Yes. Like um with the sorceress chick. Um, uh, it wasn't. I thought was hilarious. It wasn't as good as Odin Spear, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the fact it was, it was kind of like a Streets of Rage type game almost. Right. And it wasn't really kind of a story game. What is? And, what kind of game is Odin Spear? Um, it's it's a s- story based game, oh. where you just play out a level and then you get story. Play out a level, you get story. Hmm. This game looked interesting. I feel like you've mentioned it quite a few times, and I'm, I've never quite looked at it. And then I think I saw it because I saw the art style, and I was like, oh, I remember this one other game that was very fan servicey, and it looks like they did the same thing. And Because I, I had seen Dragon Crown. I think they remade Dragon Crown or something like that. Or? Yeah, they have, they have like an enhanced Dragon Crown game. Actually, they just did Odin, Odin Spear as well. Is that also on PC? Probably. Who knows? Look at us just buzz marketing for everybody. <laughs> um, oh, it's on PS4. So another one would be, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Crash. I think I've talked about this movie before on the, sh- on the podcast. Yes, I have seen Crash. But it's basically just like four uh, four or five stories. And they all kind of they all kind of uh, cross paths. But they all kind of share the, the same theme. Right. And it's a little bit of a story of... <sighs> You know, basically saying we're all interconnected and it's a little bit of a story about... It has different things, I suppose. It, it, you know, it's a little bit about redemption. It was, it and, was racism, classism, redemption. Yeah. Um, a lot of, like, coming to terms with... There was... It, that your your place in in the world. Yeah. So, well, not classism and racism, but, but yeah. Fair um, enough. But yeah, they... Um, they did a thing where the reason why the interlocking stories worked so well for it is because it was trying to be as close to real life as mm-hmm. possible. 
and technically that's always how it works um and i think funny thing is like when stories and games and other in like other tv shows forms of media that end up doing like the interlocking stories but they they thread them together without letting you know that there's a thread and then you just kind of like hey isn't that wait didn't we just watch this scene from a different perspective and they just but they don't like that focus was, in on it they don't put like an exclamation mark above yeah, the person's that was, head that, that was lost like crazy like you would it would it would always be supplementary supplemental characters mm-hmm. that would pop up in someone's backstory and then all of a sudden you're like oh what the heck are they doing in this backstory and then there's been a few times when all of a sudden they pop up on the island and you're like what why are they here as well right um quentin tarantino did that in a couple of his movies which i thought was pretty good um Pulp Fiction did it a couple We're times. We're going to talk about Pulp Fiction at some point. I don't know if it's this podcast or the next one. I can't remember. Hmm. Who knows? Um, yeah. um, so th- that kind of storytelling is actually pretty cool, though. Having the having the threads, but not identifying them as such, mm-hmm. and then just and then as you like the aha moment it, for the viewer or for the player or whatever. Well, it, it can go. It can, yeah, it can. It can kind of go any direction. I mean, you don't really actually have to bring them together. You can just be uh similar themes and they can interact with each other but right. they all kind of have their own mission but w- for whatever reason it's still they still they still end up having a, a big part in the main overall story mm-hmm. so um another one that does that actually is is game of thrones um i mean another one that did that or did that sorry uh, is all these intertwining stories and I'm but sorry. i didn't mean to correct you as if you didn't know that uh but like because I think that they did it only for part of the the show. Because then it got to a point where then everybody was just there, and they just kind of they had to keep on telling all the stories and retelling yeah. other pieces of other stories to make sure they well, got back to the story. Well, in Game of Thrones, I always felt like everyone had a vague idea of each other. Yeah, but they just hadn't necessarily met, or they just haven't seen each other in forever. Right. So, anyway, I think it's time to move on from this one. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry wow yep sorry so another way they do it as uh we talked about in final fantasy 6 actually is all the characters are kind of the main character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you ever see did you ever see clue no oh Okay, so one of the things that with having all the main characters be the main character, or all the characters be the main character kind mm-hmm. of thing, um, kind of do, they do exactly what it ended up doing for you, and that is like uh, making it to where you start to relate and pick a character that you want to that be makes sense. your main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I could actually, One Piece kind of does the same thing, because there's a lot of people who like, I like Zoro, um, uh, because he's the he's the strong character, mm-hmm. whatever. Or like I like Luffy because he's headstrong, but he has like morals or whatever. But he's also like really strong, but he's kind of stupid. Uh, and I feel like it, like I feel like that's kind of me. Like I I know what I'm doing, but I'm not. I'm kind of oblivious to what other people might consider to be somewhat common sense or whatever. But I'm not stupid. You know what I mean? Because, like, his whole character is that he has basic intelligence, but his good-heartedness or whatever, or kind-heartedness, 
causes him to make some stupid decisions, which we would otherwise say common sense says don't do. Yeah. But he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, also, Overly confident. Right. But also, the nice thing about that cast is they made sure that everybody has a big strength. His big strength is that he's literally strong and that his char- his charisma is contagious. Highly contagious. Like, he... There's not many characters well, that hate him. makes sense have a lot of confidence. Right. Um, there's not many characters that, if they're not already trying to kill him, otherwise want to be his like part of his crew. And then right. there was there was one point where he, people were just kind of like jumping in line to be in this crew, and then like he was just like, okay, <laughs> cool. And then, but there's other people in the cast that okay, somebody's a really good navigator, somebody's really good at this, and somebody might re- relate to that simply on oh yeah, no, I've been on the ship before, I've done, I've drawn maps, I know how to do those kinds of things. That's my character, that kind of thing, right? Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, having everybody be a main character, it definitely works to develop fandoms. Um, so it works really well in shows. It works really well in movies. Um, I wouldn't say it works. Well, it works video well in games as well. It works well in video games, but not as much as it does. Like a, I like that. I believe probably in. not as much as it should. Yeah, realistic. I mean, Final Fantasy VI was a great example. I mean, so you know, like Terra feels like the main character, but you could have really had. You could have started that story with multiple different characters, and I mean, I mean, Terra feels like the main character because you start as her. But right. Well, she's the main character because she's the center of a, an overarching um, conflict. Right. But she doesn't necessarily have to be the main character. I mean, you could have started off with Edgar, and I think you could you have... You could have started off with Locke, technically. Yeah, you could have started with Locke. I mean, you could have started off with a lot of different characters, and... But, but Tara is the spark for all of the... Um, for all of... For the returners doing right, their thing. Right, 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 right. She's the spark for... Um, Esper's becoming front and center um, and not just a background project being done by the Empire. You know what I mean? She's a spark for um, for the relations between Esper's and humans. She's she's very integral and I think they probably wrote all the story. They probably wrote all the side stories. They probably wrote all of people's origins and things like that and they realize Tara might be the thing that ties everybody together and that's why we have to start with her story right? and everybody else can weave into that story because she still interacts with all of them um, in her own way and influences them to either be more of what they are, to change what they are, or to um, to grow into what they are, you know? But did you feel like Tara was the main character? Um, yes, until a certain point in the game. I always felt like Tara and Locke were like co-main characters. I, to be honest, I always felt like Locke was too much of a support character, but that's just because I felt like his story was always dependent on the woman that was in your cast. So he felt like one of the main characters because even though, like, you're right, like all the things you said about Terra, but then um, he he was like the one that knew everyone, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of bringing everyone together. But when I, okay, so when I was saying that, I think, okay, so... He, uh, well, I said woman in the cast, but that's just because his personality changes whether or not he's dealing with uh, Terra or he's dealing dealing with Celis mm-hmm. or Celis or whatever, Celeste, whatever we decide to call her. Um, because if you think about it, okay, so when he's dealing with Terra, he's all about uh, getting her to safety mm-hmm. and making sure that things work out, like for, for the returners. Mm-hmm. When he's with Celis, it's about 
her her and focusing on their relationship right. and then when he's talking to say for instance Sabin or edgar it's about the returners uh, it's about the returners it's about the party as a whole mm-hmm. because he actually stops focusing on individuals and it's about we've got to do things blah blah, blah and i'm going to be the go-getter mm-hmm. um and then he doesn't really interact interact with most of the other characters he kind of leaves the all, all those other characters interact with the group <laughs> yeah. And so that's why, like, that's why well, his, his role kind of dep- de- depends on the characters that he's kind yeah. of interacting with. I mean, which could make him a main character because he does interact uh, with most of the main characters. As well as the story kind of goes on, and you add all these other characters, and you can have multiple people in your party. Mm-hmm. You know, like he starts to lose a little bit of his. Uh, well, his everyone kind of does in a way, except the terror. Actually, you know what though? If you in think the about it, second half of the story, yeah, like, second half of the story, Celis actually kind of takes over yeah. as as the main character, which she feels more important. Which is actually kind of crazy because didn't realize that the the story for Final Fantasy VI was like a woman led story. Well, which yeah. in its own in its own way, and without even trying to Head do so, time, which is for so sure. beautiful. Like I love stories where it's not like, well, here's the thing female-led stories are the thing now, so we mm. got to do this. But it was just like, it worked. Yeah. You liked it, and then you went backwards and go, the women were the main characters. Yeah. Huh. Well, Which is you, just, I mean, it's a testament to the writing. I mean, if you think about it, though, like, Tara's role, like, Tara's role as more of a main character ended mm-hmm. when they got up to the island and all that stuff. Right. Because that didn't matter anymore. The only thing that mattered was in the tower, you know. Right. So, and then Celis is all about her redemption, mm-hmm. and at this point, her relationship with the with the people that possibly thought that she was still a bad person, um, because they, st- for some reason, I I and I think this is a trope though. It's that weird thing where people hold on to resentment forever because they only heard one line or something like that, and there's right. two lines and. The other line would have completely acquitted him of, of whatever oh, they, for real? whatever somebody found them to be guilty of or whatever. Like it's always like, or they came in on the second line and it's like, but I betrayed them. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I hate you so much. Yeah, you they betrayed they them. got in and all they heard was killed her brother. And the, then like later on, they find out that they said, I know who killed, killed your brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's the whole like that's memento. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what that whole movie is about. Yeah, but um, I do like the I like I like all the the main character main like the the cast of main characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they truly to me they feel some some more so than others, but they all feel like they they definitely have a huge part in the story. Well, and another thing, the reason why I said it works better in TV shows and movies is because since you're not interacting with it, the the directors and the writers can actually mm-hmm. give exactly their vision and i think what happens whenever you have like the large ensemble cast in an interactive media something can get left behind simply by the player leaving it behind right and i think um if they were to try to do the same thing that say for instance a tv show would do it would end up creating it's it's like exponential amount of work in order to make the cl- the player be able to play all of the things all of the time through every perspective Right. Um, which, of course, they still kind of have to guide you down that thing. And that's where I said, like I said, it, it's less efficient at doing it because it can do more of it, but it requires a lot more effort to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
fun stuff. Video game development is not hard, or it's not hard. It's not easy at all. <laughs> it's very hard. It's not hard, but it's not yeah, easy. Yeah, that's, that's basically what you said. I think it was on accident, though. Yeah, I know. Um, so Nino Kuni two, you started Nino Kuni two, right? Yeah. So I can, I can, even after I was done beating the game, I can decide who was the main character between Roland and, and Evan. They, I think they're co-main. Um, so yeah. I think one of the characters has to find himself and the other character has to reinvent himself. And I think they do it by bouncing off of each other because the, I, the I character to... who's trying to find himself is looking up to an adult. The character who's trying to reinvent himself is looking to somebody who knows the world that they're in. Their innocence. He's trying to recapture that innocence, you know. Well, that and he's in a completely different and world and all these people are and, more yeah. knowledgeable about the world around him it, that he has to invent himself. I don't know. Really in- well, I mean... I basically, because Roland was, I mean, Evan was like the kind of an annoying anime character, but uh, so I basically just pretended that Roland was my was the main character. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I remember it being jarring every time. Like all of a sudden, like we get done with a big battle and everything, and then all of a sudden it like automatically switched my control over to Evan, and I'm like, what? What? I don't understand. Yeah. Again, you you, you know why? Because the characters technically or. Evan's technically written to be the main character, but Roland is still supporting. Mm-hmm. Even though Roland's story technically starts off the game, yeah, I th- he I think he is more or less the tutorial for the game. I don't know. It's, it's so weird. It still feels. You're right. It feels more but like if you this. Think about it. Roland's character being new to this world and being new to these mechanics mm-hmm. is you, right? But the main character is actually is Evan, Evan yeah. and you are playing out how how you would interact with somebody in helping them to do the things. So right. you can consider yourself the main character as you did with Roland. Well, that's kind of how, I mean, that's how kind of how Nino Kuni one is in a way. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're from this world and everything. Yeah. Well, and you're the put, anime version of this world. Right. And then you're put right into that new role and that's, and you're, the thing is you're playing that role the whole time and it's, yeah, it definitely makes you more the main character, but yeah, you're playing Roland and you're Evans, right. You're right Evans, though. That makes character, a lot of so. sense. Um, you know something about as I always thought as uh, Kingdom Hearts matured, mm-hmm. um, I always thought that they should take this approach that not necessarily like Mickey's the main character, Donald's the main character, mm-hmm. but I always thought that they should take the main or take the approach that like Sora, Riku, Kyrie, all these characters. Well, I mean, you have Axel and Roxas and all these characters. Like, I think they, he goes by Lee now. Lee. Uh, and actually, remember he says, just call me Axel. He needs to make up his mind. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but it kind of felt like as this story matured and all these characters had their limelight and everything, it kind of felt like they should have made all these different characters um, like a main character. I mean... Birth by Sleep? They did. And Birth by Sleep, they each... Well... Dream Drop Distance? Oh, yeah, they had two main characters. But those are side Kingdom stories. Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 3, Remind. <laughs> side so what, story. So what you're saying is that they've already done it. They have done it in side <laughs> stories. That's the thing. Right. No, like, I, I really felt, yeah. yeah, I really well, felt like Technically, three. Birth by Sleep did it as the all of these stories is from three different perspectives. Right. So it wasn't but side it, stories. But it's te- well, it's technically... It's not a mainline game. Oh, oh, are you talking about the it? Being I, I basically, a side story, yeah. Right? I guess I should just say three. Three felt like it should have been, you know, you have all these side 
the stories oh, and everything. Oh, for sure. We missed out on a lot of the Kyrie stuff, mm-hmm. which made no sense to me. We missed out on a lot of Riku stuff, which still, like, I'm, it blows my mind that they're just like, you know what, screw it. We kind of dealt with this and dreamed about this since we don't need to deal with this anymore. And You should have been playing, like, there should have been portions of the game where you're playing as Riku, like, Riku and Mickey together. Right. And they're on their mission, and you're playing as that. They should have had Sora, Donald, Goofy playing as that. There's no reason there couldn't be a Kyrie and, and, and Lee. Lee or Axel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Also, there is the factor that they have so many friggin' characters at this point. Right. But... Sounds like they need to create a director. Where's (laughs) Tetsuo Nomura? We need him. Oh, I forgot. He's working on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Maybe they need to talk to the Russo brothers. No. (laughs) Um, They need to talk to Kevin Feige and have him organize their Hmm. cinematic universe. I mean, he is part of Disney. Yep. Uh, Interesting. I know, right? Um, nice, little, nice little crossover segue there. <laughs> Did you ever play uh, Killer Seven? I did not. Is that the one with the funky art style? It is one. Of, it's yeah, by Pseudo Fifty One. It was on GameCube first. It was on the GameCube. Oh, sweet! Did they make a remake of that one? I think they did on Wii with motion controls. Oh my! Yeah, that sounds terrible. I wouldn't want to play that. Never does mind. it though? Yeah, it does. You're lazy. Kinda. Okay. Well, I'm sick of playing Zelda. I didn't like playing Zelda where I'm just like waving my hand back and forth. Okay, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> And they tried, they tried like with the the Skyward Sword with the Motion Plus. They're like, we need you need to be precise with your sword. And yeah, like, then they were like, gosh. yeah, never mind, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never do that again. Don't worry. Yeah, it's still a really good game though. So, um, well, you're probably never gonna play it, but basically, uh, you're one character in that, but you're seven different personalities. Ooh, yeah. Um, and I was gonna think about uh, the, that's why it's called Killer Seven. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. It's okay. pretty awesome. I liked it. Okay, we'll I'll see if they have a PC remake of this. Not that I remember it that well. I just remember liking it. Uh, and then uh, I was going to say the uh, the what are they? Quantum Dreams. Is that the studio that makes uh, Heavy Rain in Detroit? Mm-hmm. They can, well, actually, I, c- I should put them under the intertwining stories. I screwed up. Mm. Mm. You suck. But that's a very that's a really good example of a video game one that does the intertwining stories, because in those games you so each uh, in Heavy Rain and Detroit you play as three different characters, and they are they're heavily intertwined. And there's even moments where you're controlling one, and your other character is actually chasing you, and (laughs) you want both your characters to succeed, but at the same time like. Like you gotta figure there, out which one you really want. Yeah, to there's see. a part of you that when you're, you know, because it's just, um, you know, push left at this right uh, quick time event type uh, uh, scenarios, right. and and you really are kind of thinking for a split second, like, what should I do? I don't know. I don't want them to get captured, but I don't want this person to fail and get in trouble and stuff like that. And then you end up having to play from both perspectives, and you're like, dang it, maybe mm-hmm. I did want to get. Uh, maybe I didn't. I don't know. Now this one's <laughs> in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, those games do a really good job of of, of the interact intersecting stories. Actually, it is on Steam, by the way. It is on Steam. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Apparently, they enhanced the four by three perspective on GameCube or four by three ratio to the the sixteen by nine for Killer Seven. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And they enhanced the. Actual like graphical fidelity, fidelity. So the game was really weird though. It was on rails. Yes, I can yeah. see that. It's very weird. Maybe it was originally for the Wii. 
Um, I think it was originally for the Wii. Now that I think about it. No, it's GameCube. I GameCube, think it was for the GameCube. PS2. GameCube, oh, you're right. PS2 it was for the GameCube. And and, uh, and now Windows. Yeah, and, and like your enemies were invisible, and you had to like you had to stop and then do something, and then all of a sudden you can see them. I don't know. Action adventure video game. That's what it's considered. That's an interesting description. Probably because they couldn't think of what the what the heck to categorize it as. Right. Um. Oh, of course I I did put Dragon Ball Z on here. Of course you did, but we already discussed it, so we're good to go. Well, so so the, okay, I will discuss it slightly. Okay. So one okay. of the things about Dragon Ball Z, and this is Dragon Ball Z only, mm-hmm. is they always felt like they were on the verge of making. Uh, they did once. But they were always on the verge of making like the other characters shine, you know. Oh gosh, they've been they've been teetering on that for for Vegeta for the longest time, and then every time Vegeta still gets his butt kicked, and then we all and then we all like, okay, well, I guess we're not gonna, he's not gonna win this not battle. Not this time. Yeah. Well, e- <laughs> so the funny thing is, even when um, Gohan defeated Cell and everything, mm-hmm. like they still had to have Goku like behind him, like. Yep. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think you did it, but I but helped you. But you did so. it. was all me. It's it's also my time to shine. You can shine a little bit, but maybe some know. other time. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, just just sit down. I'll take care of the rest of this. Also, I'm gonna die, but I'll be back. Because of reasons. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And then, uh, so you know, we're talking about Final Fantasy games, and there's Final Fantasy Seven, mm-hmm. uh, blah blah blah. But one of the things I thought <laughs> was <laughs> blah blah blah. Uh, one of the things that I thought was cool was uh, was Dirge's Severus. Not that that was like the most amazing game at all, mm-hmm. but I was really impressed about how they made Vincent feel just as cool as Cloud, who everyone's like, Cloud's the coolest character ever. But I remember playing that game and thinking like, like, oh, cool. There's that cutscene with Cloud and all the other people. But I was, I was like. Oh, I'm I'm ready to get back to Vincent. Like this is a pretty awesome character himself. Right. Well, I mean, to be honest, most people like fanned out over Vincent when you found out you could even get him and then like like oh, oh like, that's true. Well I gotta make sure I do like everything the special way or I have to make sure I come back to talk to him so I can make sure I get him in my party because I don't I I I want the guy with the gun. You know what I mean? Like there's nobody. I mean, of course, Barrett has a gun on his arm, but I want like a real gun. <laughs> um, also, like, it doesn't help that they give you some equipment for him like really early on, and so you're kind of thinking about, I just want to give my guy the sure shot, whatever. <laughs> um, so, what person <laughs> that, that happens so much in JRPGs? They're like, oh, what what the heck is this extra weapon here? Right. So- <laughs> Like there was a, cause I think in the first town outside of Final Fantasy seven or outside of Midgar, uh, it's so funny that they do that. The sure shot rifle, which is a hundred percent accuracy, <laughs> but then they don't give you the character for another like yeah, 20 odd game hours or something like that or 10 or 15 so game hours. It's weird that they do that. Um, so one of the things about the, like the ensemble cast though, is the whole, and this is like kind of the, this kind of ties along with the, um, Justice League, you know, it's got the whole like we're all fighting so hard. The make and this is Dragon Ball as well. We're fighting so hard the the take it down the bad guy and then like, and then this ultra powerful guy comes in and he takes care of everything. Mm-hmm. But he's never like, they never feel. I was gonna say they don't feel like the main character, but Goku's definitely the main character. Yeah, 
but in the in the in the Justice League, it didn't feel like Superman was the main character. He seemed like he almost seemed like Luke in The Force Awakens. Like he's the thing that everyone's trying to get to. Right. And conveniently, just happens to be the 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 butt of everybody's uh, disdain or whatever. Like mm. this is always the character we need to kill. We need to defeat that person because he's just so strong. So another part about um, ensemble cast is in movies and whatnot is even though you might you might give them all equal ground, you mm-hmm. know, like equal screen screen time and everything, but it kind of whoever is the most well known actor just kind of automatically feels like the main character. Mm, yeah, sound about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, this is a dumb example, but uh, wow. I wasn't trying for a pun, but I was thinking of Dumb and Dumber. And, like, I know there's only the two characters, but who feels like the main character to you? You said who, who yeah. is the main character? Who feels like the main character? It's obviously Jim Carrey. Yeah, but, I mean... But he wouldn't be as good of a main character had it not been... It's the buddy cop thing. Yeah, that's true. They wouldn't be the main character without their, uh, without their, their sounding board, if you will. Um, had it not been for the other character to make him do dumb stuff, then he wouldn't do the dumb You're thing. You're right. I guess Lloyd does feel like the main character. Because it's basically his journey and the other one's just along for the ride. Not really, though. Like, he wouldn't... Well, he's be... trying to get that briefcase to that the girl. Right. But he wouldn't have gone about it the way he did had it not been for the other guy been being there with him. Hmm. Um, in my opinion. So, in Lord of the Rings... Who feels like the main character? The ring. Really? Yeah. Wait, really? The ring is the main character. The whole movie is about that ring. It's And everybody else is just like side characters to the ring. The ring has a personality. It manipulates people. Um, it provides boons for those who are in its uh, in its company. I think you're right. <laughs> I actually think you're right. <laughs> well, well, I thought it was... <laughs> yeah, one of the few cases where huh. an object actually becomes the main character of a story. Um, but, I I mean, it was one of those things where I think I, I might have... Uh, I might have looked at something uh, about Lord of the Rings mm. lore and then started to realize that that's like... Holy crap, this was never really about these races. It, I mean, it started off about these races back in back when mm-hmm. like in their origin stories and everything, and it started off about like the individual characters, but it was definitely about the like the pretty much <laughs> the journey that the ring took. Ah, uh, but after the ring is gone. Yes, after the who's ring Who's the main character? Um Mordor. <laughs> um the 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 setting in which the Lord of the Rings <laughs> um, No, I don't, I don't mean... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there is more main character yeah. stuff in, like, the Hobbit novels where, well, I mean, where I, it was more about the 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 journey right? Um, and about the character's developments and, and Smaug and, and other folks. Well, I just... I mean, I, I thought of it as just... Is, is Frodo, Aragorn, and Gandalf were, like, the main characters, which I suppose that's kind of obvious, but... yeah. They kind of... They're the leaders of their respective parties. Yep. And that's kind of how that worked. And I was thinking about... Um, 
Like, so in Avengers 1, who do you think is, like, the main character? It's obviously the leader. Who's the leader? Thor. Really? No, it's, it's, it's Iron Man. Because it's actually, not only do they just lean into him being the leader, like, I guess, uh, using this word again, de facto, like, he's just, by, for lack of another person calling themselves a leader, he is the leader. Mm -hmm. And he does all these things, but... I mean, if you're like basing leadership off of strength, then obviously it's going to be someone like Thor or, or Hulk. Yeah. But they don't have necessarily the leadership qualities. Then you could also consider Nick Fury to be the leader because technically he actually is the leader. Mm-hmm. He's the one orchestrating their yeah joint. their actions and whatever, yeah. and 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 then the, and they're joining. Um, which apparently you just don't like that word joining, I don't think, because when you say it, or when I say it, it's kind of yeah, like... it seemed okay that time, but okay. when you said it last time, I don't remember the context. <coughs> I don't recall either. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a diff- couple different characters that could be considered the quote-unquote main character. Iron Man 2? Um, Iron Man 2 is going to be... Oh, no, that's 3. He's gonna... almost like a side antagonist in a way. Uh, Tony Stark, because he caused the problem. Yeah, that. And then like everyone else is kind of fixing his mess. He's just contributing to fixing the mess. Yeah, two is which one? Age of Ultron. No, which is two? Hmm? What Iron Iron Man two? Oh, Avengers two. Oh, is that what you actually meant? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, so I was thinking Iron Man two. Iron Man two is the one with the guy with the the whips and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whiplash. Okay. Okay, so th- I was actually going to say the main character of Iron Man 2 was the parrot. <laughs> or the bird. <laughs> the bird? There's a bird? Um, Whiplash has a bird. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so sorry. Okay, so Avengers 2, yeah. um, it's going to be the island. <laughs> Newly formed <laughs> island, that is. Or main character is Quicksilver. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, let's see. So who's the main character of Final Fantasy 13, 12? Third 12? Third 12, yeah. 12. Um, Penelope. Like legit? No, man. The main character of 12 is definitely going to be Fran. <laughs> and those. There's and the, no main character in the no one, is there? Huh, um, actually, the main character, like legitimately. It's supposed to be Vaughn, right? It's supposed to be Vaughn, but it is actually Bosch, I believe. Um, you start as him. You start as Vaughn. No, you start as Bosch. No, you start as Vaughn's brother. Bosch is leading Vaughn's brother. Uh, oh, you're right. And that's why Vaughn blames Bosch for his brother dying. Okay. I think his brother's name is like Rek, or R-E-K-T uh, or something like that. I was falling asleep, so. At the very first part of the game? Yeah, pretty much. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I think it's supposed to be Bosch because Bosch is like the, he's the catalyst. Or Bosch and Ash are supposed to be the uh, main characters because Bosch is the catalyst for the rebellion because he was already part of it, and then Ash is the the means to an end. She has access to the Treaty Sword. She has access to a couple other things, and Magicite is I don't know. She seems to have access to a lot of places that have Magicite, um, so she becomes main character. We'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> I I was just uh well was you know we're talking about the whole all characters feel like a main character and you were talking about how it, the main character kind of becomes who you identify with the most yeah. and I just 
now I'm reading these, I find it more interesting because in my mind, like Captain America is like he's the leader and everything. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I'm getting the Watchmen now, and trying to think of who the main character is of that. And there is technically no main character, but I always the thought, Joker. Of, huh? Oh, sorry, the Watchmen, co- the comedian. Sorry, I always thought as Rorschach is like the main character. That yeah, that's if you watch the movie, the Rorschach becomes more or less the main character. Yeah. I feel like that, well, because I think the reason why I say the comedian would be the main character. And I only feel like for like the first like for the introduction he's the main mm-hmm. character, just mainly because everybody's per- affected by him so impacted yeah. by him so much. Yeah. yeah, and and a lot of their stories are kind of based around his involvement in a lot of things. Um, Bad and I, things. Yeah, and but then at some point in the story, it becomes more about Mister Manhattan um, or Doctor Manhattan um, because he is technically the only true superhero out of these until they tell you about Asmodeus and his extreme intelligence or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there's technically only two real superheroes and one of them turns out to be a villain. So actually both of them turn out to be somewhat, vil- uh, it's a whole thing, but I, it's weird. Cause I think the main character, that's actually a scenario where the main character shifts um, because yeah. of the, because of the way perspectives are done in that, in the, in the book and in the, in the TV or in the movie. Well, that's kind of Game of Thrones too. Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of on, different main characters. I mean, that's, that's how you run where the you're books at. too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like seven different narrative perspectives. Right, and I think uh, just for Watchmen in general, like it's a, it's supposed to be. It seems like it's supposed to flow from one character to the next mm-hmm. as to who's, and, and it's always they seem- take turns being the main character. Hmm. They take turns being being the main character. Yeah, or. Or no, they kind of think about like a like a relay race, like mm-hmm. somebody's handing off a baton to the next yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the comedian being the main character at the beginning to establish that these people exist, blah blah blah, and then to also like add, and then as they're establishing like the olden days into the new and new days, then that's whenever the baton's handed off to Mister Manhattan for him being um, an actual legitimate superhero. Right. Then it's showing his connection to a lot of other people, showing the things he's done, things he hasn't done. And then that's when the baton gets passed off to uh, Rorschach, who's trying to like make everything right and to bring people back together. But he was like the last. I think he. I think like in the middle they had him as the main character, mm-hmm. and then I think they basically ended it with him as the main character until you to know, tell the story. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why he felt like actually more in the, the way character. he technically started off too. But yeah, because it was about him telling how things got to where yeah. they were. Oh, you're right. Because that, that journal was supposed to be his. Oh, was he the narrator? I believe so. I guess I forgot about that part. Uh, <laughs> this is so dumb. Why, I, why did I add these? Uh, who's the main character of South Park? Um, the city. <laughs> I actually had my own take on this. I actually thought Car- Cartman was the main character because of like so it always felt like his central involvement in the events well like i mean it's a plot driven show but his involvement in creating the plot it seems like every episode he's the one creating the plot yeah because he just can't seem to to get it together and so he's always just like misinterpreting 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 um events and he's like blowing everything out of proportion every single time (laughs) And then everyone else is kind of 
Well, Kenny dies, and then the other two clean up his mess, and, and they <laughs> learn some lesson. Well, Kenny dies because that's what he does. He can't help it. He has magic powers, right? Somehow. Um, I'm just gonna skip these other ones. Whatever. I had Simpsons, and it's always funny. In, or it's always funny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and it was. Just I love that show stuff. so much. I haven't watched it in a long time. I got through like season four, and it started getting a little ridiculous. But I guess that's the whole point of the show. It's the whole point of the yeah. show. I was just about to say, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it is the whole point of the show. Um, so where can it go wrong with large casts? I don't know, but we should discuss this after the break. Okay. We're back. Yep. Yeah. It's Those true. Stuffs. All right, so um, where it can go all wrong with large casts. And so you said with large casts, <laughs> large casts. Cast. Uh, so basically, for me, the biggest ones are uh, trying to give everyone a satisfying payoff mm-hmm. and uh, making characters feel overshadowed, which I suppose that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Sorry, I said it's pretty much the same thing, but yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest culprits we talked about before was Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. They just they had so many characters that you know they wanted to give them their their time to shine, but then when the story was finally said and done, what do you what do you do with them? Is it, yeah, yeah, it's a it's definitely a line that they had to try to figure out how to tell. Um, like, well, not. They didn't want to like negate all of the the amount of effort they put into like going up to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the emotion you invested into these characters and everything like that. But at the same time, they had to they had to actually do they had to dead toe that line. They had to figure out how to give this character uh, more screen time to justify their existence there, mm-hmm. but also how to not take away from other screen time that actually need to go to other characters who are more essential to the story. So there was always like points where like you felt like there were so many characters that didn't get paid off because they had to pay off other characters. And if they paid off those characters, they either wouldn't have time to pay off the character you wanted to get paid off. But, and also sometimes the payoff for the other characters negated the one that you wanted to get paid mm-hmm. off. And so they, they're like, ah, shoot. Well, we're going to have to shorten this up because uh, now what we did for this other person, we were going to do for this person, but we can't do that anymore. So now we just got to leave it alone. Well, it kind of goes along the lines of, so I was talking about, we're talking about with the um, plot driven versus character driven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Game of Thrones has, like in my opinion, it has a good background plot. I mean, it's a character driven show, but it has a good background plot background plot but in order to tie up this whole plot there's actual characters that are important to this plot and then all these other characters aren't important to it right and but uh, you know as we talked about before with tv shows and actors and trying like satisfying audiences and and all this stuff um you have to do something with it. You, you know, you're right. You know, how, how are they earning their payday and, and, and all that stuff? Right. Yeah. That, I feel like that's, a, that's like one of those weird lines that you, you actually, 
like that's another like toe line thing where you're just kind of like okay so i'm only doing this because we already have them on the payroll mm-hmm. and the story and was, like them right and the story was originally this so technically that character should no longer exist anymore mm-hmm. but now we have to keep them around i actually kind of feel like it's the um it's the I audience's feel, fault really yeah oh no no it for really sure is. i blame a lot of the audience on why game of thrones went bad i don't people were like oh well the writers they were getting greedy they wanted to do other things but uh, the way i see it technically game of thrones either may have gone on too long at some point and otherwise people the the fact that they were trying to help or be with like try to try to listen to the community early on you could tell one of the first things they they decided to act upon was the idea of getting rid of like how much traveling was being done and a lot of people were like oh it's just taking up time i just want to get to the plot blah 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 and then they complained right after that because well it seems like they're teleporting everywhere and it seems like we're not paying attention <laughs> to time and stuff like that king land king's landing looks completely different now right and like it's all it's always things like that where i feel like the sometimes the community can ruin um ruin a set of, a set yeah, of plot points I mean, especially whenever it's money being involved like they have to keep they, if they have to keep people watching so hbo is looking at hey if people don't like this then we got to figure out how to, a way to fix that and if the only way to fix that is You're like shut up suits. Hey, all I'm going to say is that more often than not, when a suit is involved or when a production studio and not just like something independent is involved, there always tends to be like fan outcry about a, about a, a product, especially one that's based on an already beloved, um, uh, what do you call it? Shoot, franchise, no, franchise? Yeah, um, intellectual property or mm-hmm. whatever um like like for for instance the game of thrones franchise and i feel like that it's like one of those things where when you see somebody independent take on something or even see like a smaller studio that isn't owned by disney or i don't know uh 24 uh the, wow fox or paramount or something like that right um those ones tend to be well i kind of like that that was pretty good that kind of thing and then, of course, occasionally you get the, the really good ones from a big studio. And then half the time you find out that those were the only reason why they were good is because the big studio only provided money. And they actually got a chance to play or they actually got a chance to do what the original director had intended to do. Um, I mean, with I mean, this is getting so that's where an ensemble cast can go wrong. Oh, in the TV, on- though. But it feels like but it doesn't feel like that would that, that's not going to happen in like a video game. It's not going to happen in a book. Oh, sorry. The ensemble cast is the producers and the directors <laughs> and the studios, <laughs> and that's where it can go wrong. Right, right, right. Um, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much I want to get back in the Game of Thrones. I mean, I mean, I agree with the audience thing, and then you know these people like the audience is propping up these characters that probably didn't need to be propped up. Yes. Oh but, man. Oh, I relate to this character. Therefore they should be the main character. And why aren't you making them the main character? Mm-hmm. And now I'm mad at you, but what, what, what really? This is what, this is what we're doing. Like, okay. So say for instance, like a character, uh, Jon Snow is a very important character, right? Mm-hmm. But to the extent of that, he shown he was shown so much love leading up to certain parts. It was like, okay, so I guess we can spend an extra six episodes on this person. Whereas they could have used his story the same way it should have, or the, the way it should have been used to advance the rest of the story without sit, sitting on him for so long. Mm-hmm. Because that's when they, they're sacrificing 
the time they could have spent developing other characters, or even right. giving other characters resolve. Yeah, actually, that that last season there was a lot of like, it, like, it felt like pointless narrative. Right, because well, at some point they actually were trying to to fill the gaps in, and then also trying not to negate the things they had started before, mm-hmm. um, and then also trying to fulfill fan. Uh, fantasies and whatnot by doing other things or even possibly having read the forums and going mm, well the fans said this should happen so let's make it happen and then and then you know and I, I don't know exactly how their mindsets go when they think about these things i just know it's a uh, it's probably not the right way makes sense it sucks i mean i mean realistically game of thrones is like a perfect example of of how an ensemble cast can go wrong, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like I said, it started off good, so... I mean, so... I mean, how do you correct that? I mean, it, it shouldn't be that hard. Um, how do you correct that? You pull a James Cameron, and you negate everything you afterwards. You the ship? No, no. Like, t- the new Terminator. You say oh, yeah, Terminator yeah. 3, Terminator Genesis, Terminator After War, or whatever that other mm-hmm. one was with uh, Christian Bale. Right. They don't exist anymore, and I'm just doing Terminator 3, but it's not called Terminator 3. Yeah, we can't. Obviously, you can't do that with the TV show. You can, though. The thing is, you can do it. Whether or not a studio will ever actually take that Risk. initiative to do so is, it's, I, I, to be honest, I think it's one of those things where. So they're going to have, like, Game of Thrones season eight fixed, and they're gonna bring actors back, and like they're like, let's switch this up. We'll take film now, from the you, they'd pre- have to pay the actors way more because they bring them back. Yeah, because they yeah. probably have new contracts with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, that's it's interesting not, though. They, they really could. You know, actually, just like Final they Fantasy fourteen, really they screwed up with Final Fantasy fourteen, the original. They shut it down and yeah. brought it back, and they brought it back, <laughs> and, and people were happy. Now look at me. <laughs> wow, that's really funny. I mean, they actually really could, and you could, they could literally be like, "I know you guys weren't satisfied with this, but how about this?" Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of what it, uh, but it requires money and it requires yeah, yeah. effort, and I don't think that the effort is going to want to be well, put into a franchise that's technically already done. Sure, except for. What would viewership be? Viewership probably wouldn't change that much. It would probably... Uh, it's going to change substantially, but... Would it, though? I think a lot of people would come back and... If they love that show, they're going to come back and, and and see what is done. Would you? Okay. I would go back. I would go it. back, for I sure. I don't know if I'd, like, renew, like, my HBO... Yeah. To, just to see that show. It's not like not like that. Yeah, wait like, till it comes important. out on... Or watch it somewhere else, or someone tells me. Or yeah, I, I get that. But I if get I that, already but they had would. it, if I already had it, then psh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go back and watch. Yeah, I definitely watch that. Um, oh, that's kind of interesting, really. I mean, that's what they did with Final Fantasy uh, fifteen. They they kind of went back, and people were complaining about certain areas, even though they didn't oh. make it any better. But oh, uh, they justified their changes. That's all. Yeah, I guess really realistically, like they made those changes just because of the fact that. They were making the DLC anyway, mm-hmm. so so it actually worked in their favor yeah. for people to complain about the thing that they had messed up on. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool though. Um, I don't like the the idea of having all my games be games as a service because you I know do not like that at all. Uh, that's why I mean, I, that's why I love the the new game of, or game uh, God of War game so much. Well, no, no. When I say that, I'm talking about like oh, well, I guess yeah, the same thing. Um, 
talking about like the idea that a game developer can mess up something so badly and then go back and fix it then it almost negates my initial playthrough because I'm not going to replay the game to see the fixes you made to it. I already suffered through it. Um, suffered through, like, the, so for 15, that's, like, the prime example for me. Mm. 15, them going back and yeah, changing yeah, I'm not the 13th go back. chapter of that game. I'm not going to go back to play the game just to, to see how well they did it or whatever or how well they integrated their their episodes into it or whatever. Yeah, for that one, was it was kind of it was pointless. And also, know? okay, maybe it hadn't happened really close to the game being released and they're like oops my bad but it didn't happen for like another six to 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 like to seven months or whatever after mm-hmm. the release and i obviously had finished the game by then and i had even started on the dlc i didn't want to go backwards um and that to me is is backwards i'm not, I'm not really about that i played it like i probably played it for the first time like six months afterwards anyway i feel like it's one of the also it's one of those things where it's like I mean, obviously, they're not going to just include well, this those, in the game. Those are two big examples, though, like Final Fantasy XV, where they just went in and they tried to kind of fix it. And they then in Final Fantasy XIV, where they went, stuff, yeah. yeah, in Final Fantasy XIV, they went back, started from scratch, and 14, say, 14, yeah, yeah. But it's not like they're ever going to go back and just, we're going to yeah. completely remake oh, Final Fantasy XV or something. But 14, though, I'm telling you. Well, it's, 14's worth worth the investment right but also whenever they went back and they they did that re uh the revamp of it what they ended up doing is in the process of revamping it and cutting out the old story mm-hmm. they actually made that part of the story like the fact that they had to kill off that whole realm or whatever they made it literally then I mean the name of the game is a realm reborn mm-hmm. um but they went back and they like made it part of the made story canon yeah, they made it like another calamity it happens and that's why all the things that were there before are no longer and that's why things have changed. And the story takes place after that calamity. And you're given like a brief little little excerpt about the calamity and you keep it moving. Which, again, it blows my mind that a big developer just made a decision. They did the thing. And, I mean, I praise them for it all the time because I, I really like well, the game. Yeah. You can praise them, but like I said, it's worth that investment because it, of all the money they can make. I mean, look at all the money that blizzard make for from world of warcraft and now I mean, they have the classic thing so. yeah i mean they they saw those dollar figures and they did the calculations and said this is where if you fix it and you make it right this is 100 percent worth the risk and i understand where you're coming from i just like to believe sometimes that it's for not for the fans <laughs> for or, the or, fans yeah or or like you know just for almost for like a I'd also uh, like creative to think, integrity. I'd also like to think that Japanese studios are more likely to do that than American studios, but I mean, I'm technically with 15, they also showed again that they're more than willing to to make uh the make some milk changes dry or whatever. Yeah, well there's that too. Um but also fans said they really liked their multiplayer content which didn't have microtransactions and so they put that up as an as a standalone. Oh, people Really like that? Yeah. Oh. For 15, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I never attempted. Yeah. I was like... But I think it was also the same people who, like, really liked 15, and they were like, I would love to play more of it. Oh, looks like you have a way that I can. And pretty much infinitely do so, and then you do occasional events and everything and give people things to play. I don't know if it's still actually, like, rolling yeah. with the with the updates and everything, just because I don't I don't play it myself. So where do you put your fandom for Final Fantasy? Like, uh, let's let's compare it to some franchises. Like, okay, where do you put your fandom for Final Fantasy compared to like Star Wars? To be honest, as much as we stalked stalked as much as we talked about Star Wars, I didn't 
I have never actually been like a big fan of Star Wars. I just I like the franchise. Well, I, I for for me in my head that felt that felt like a good comparison because I don't know like I don't know if you love Final Fantasy and you're like oh I like the franchise or if Final Fantasy you're like I like the franchise but oh Final it's Fantasy like on the same I level. love I love the franchise but mainly because I is it a nostalgia thing no um so I like that there is I like I like brand new stories I like the innovation yeah. innovation is the big thing for me for Final Fantasy is that I've never been like I've never felt like I'm getting I'm getting robbed in the next game because I'm just paying for like a remake of the last one, mm-hmm. you know, even though technically we are paying for remakes because we're getting remakes, legitimate remakes. Um, but it's going to be really interesting because I mean, when we do the final fantasy seven one, mm-hmm. I feel like the next one has to be a final fantasy seven remake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, it's one of those things where I have, I haven't been, like I said, I haven't been robbed. I've been, I've been, Given good things, you know? Right. And so... Well, the same with Star Wars. I've been given good things. Yeah, but with Star Wars, I've... Uh, because there is... Because Star Wars is, like, so, like, multimedia uh, franchise, like, there's... I've been... Definitely feel like I've, like, been... Like, oh, yay. Take this, take this, take this, take this, take this. And we're only going to put half our effort into this. We're going to only put half our mm-hmm. effort into this. And, okay... The fact that I find, but even if Final Fantasy fault like falters, like you still know that they're trying to put 100 percent into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, but I mean, the, like, probably oh, Star but Wars for me, too. For Star Wars, like, I mean, I like, I may have liked the Clone Wars animated series more than I liked any other Star Wars piece of media. I actually thought that was really good. Yeah, Clone Wars is good. Um, and then I watched Rebels for a little bit, and I thought that was all right, but it wasn't the best. Um, but like little like things like that. So Star Wars for me, it's like ah, I latched onto maybe one of them, but for for Final Fantasy, it's like everything I'll, I'll latch onto, whether it be their movies, which people don't like, but I've watched Spirits Within a, probably a couple times. Um, um, so maybe, maybe uh, so it sounds like King, uh, Star Wars is a bad comparison. I was just trying to understand your level of, of love of Final Fantasy. It's extreme. <laughs> okay. I was just curious. Um, yeah, but not to a point where I don't recognize that Final Fantasy has its fault, and that's yeah. why I will talk crap about like games like Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, and I feel them, like them kowtowing to the to the microtransaction um, era. I think I feel like we've made this podcast so long that no one's even going to hear this section of it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but we can uh we can we can put some uh, some uh, some some closing on this and call it a day. Um, next week, what do you want to talk about? Uh, so next week's going to be a little weird. I, I, I don't know if it's a little weird. Why is it going to be weird? Well, I just didn't know what to call it. So I called it two sides of a coin mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. essentially I'm going to talk about, um, the, the, the two, the, 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 the two headed coin. No, <laughs> no uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, it takes twos and like, kind of like a buddy. Kind of like a buddy cop thing, and then I was going to talk about uh, stories that are different from first half to the second half, or just stories in general. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, like stories that are, are utopia, the dystopia, and then ones where the the bad guys have already won when the story starts, and then uh, stories where the, the the good guys win, but then they also lose at the same time in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and that's definitely an overview. Oh, that's fun. You don't usually give overviews. You usually, like, uh, like I'm not going to tell you what it's about. <laughs> I don't really know why, but, like, this time, 
like it really felt like you were really asking me what it was, everything was going to be. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll I was, you. and you, you didn't, uh, you didn't disappoint. And on that note, it's time to call this one. Uh, all this one done. This was really long for a side episode.